is Haunt Bros Podcast. Bringing you the stories from those who make you shiver in the night. Sit back, grab a snack, mmm, fingers, and get ready to hear the puppet masters behind your nightmares. Help me. Here your hosts, Ross HOV Keith and JJ Cards Westbrook. Back at it again with another episode of Haunt Bros. Today we got Mark the King. Welcome. Hey, how's it going? Glad to have you. Good to be here, man. <laughs> Heck yeah. It's been a gnarly season with the king over here. Yeah. got to start off with that. This guy is crazy with the crown. Crazy. I mean, without the crown, too, but, like, with the crown, man. I think the real question is what crown? You wore many this season. <laughs> <laughs> you, had, uh, you had your penguin phase. You had your uh, have it your way phase, the Burger King. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then you had your traditional crown. Um, True. So you uh, you made your rounds. It was a weird, fun season to kind of come up with things in that very short space. I think. Yeah. So what what was a moment this season that stood out most to you? I think it was the medieval times gag. Oh <laughs> I know exactly what that was. Okay, so like. When I started this season, I was 100% sure that it was going to be the last one. Yeah. I was like, all right, you know, it's year 20 for me. This is the only zone that I haven't been in of the big three, you know, Carnival, Ghost Town, Gauntlet. But, you know, I went to Fiesta, but whatever. I mean, Forsaken might as well have just been updated Fiesta at this point. I don't know. That was my backyard (laughs) when I was over there. But coming into it, I was like, all right, like, We'll see how it goes, because when I was coming up, you know, I was the baby, and all of my friends were in CS. Yep. And it was strange and really cool to see the theme come back around, but being in it, I was like, damn, like, I've been here a minute. I think this is going to be the last year. Right. And going in there, I think even night one, when we did the associate preview night. Yeah. I wasn't even really feeling it that night. Really? I was like, damn, I, uh, this is probably it for me. I feel like, I don't know how this is going to go. (laughs) But then we get to the first weekend where we have all of the normal day guests go through. Right. And everybody's into it. Everybody wants to play. And we get to the whole, uh, first night of potluck for all of us in the break room and, we have our little medieval times moment where somebody just happened to bring in a whole rotisserie chicken. Do we even know who did that? <laughs> yes. Whoever it was. Oh, man. Bringing that in and the collective idea to go, <clears throat> we need to go to the throne <laughs> and, and make a thing chicken. out of this. And the, the improv involved to 
bring the whole chicken over there with the king, the queen, the royal court in tow, making announcements, yeah. having the guests do a little uh, competition in front of us to where the prize was chicken bones. And, you know, we went through the entire process and everybody was clapping and I'm stand up, I'm bored and try and leave off the stage. <laughs> And then see somebody kind of important down at the side of the stage saying, was that the witching hour? <laughs> Immediately, I started cracking up. I'm like, oh, that's so good. We pulled it off so well in character that this important person thought it was part of the regularly scheduled program <laughs> because that hadn't even really been announced to anybody at that point. They don't know. They don't know. They have no idea what happened. So the fact that everybody was able to play along well enough to where this person on a corporate level thought that that was part of the show, that speaks volumes to me about like the level of talent that right. we have in the area. In the gauntlet. And yeah, and that's that was very much a landmark moment for yeah. me. I just remember that rotisserie chicken being brought down on a lunch tray <laughs> by Lumi. And she's like your little peasant behind you, and she's like giving you an offering, and you just rip a leg off. <laughs> <laughs> And you're just eating it like it's, you know, part of everyday life. It and was, though. It ripping was. it apart just, just chewing and eating and talking all at the same time. And yeah. I'm watching little pieces of chicken just kind of like kind of fly onto the floor in front of me. And I'm like, ooh, food safety. Yeah. Um, we'll get that cleaned up. It's okay. We got custodians. It's all good. It's all it's, good. Uh, yeah, it was. That was that. I For some reason, that was. I thought about that. That replayed in my mind for weeks because I was like, I want to do this again. You know, that was supposed yeah. to be like an every week thing. We're like, let's get another rotisserie chicken, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And then uh, and then it just kind of slowly dissipated into just other Sunday shenanigans. That's uh, true. So it uh, like the Blind King and the Blind. Okay. The Blind. The Blind King, King was perfect. <laughs> was that your idea? Yeah, so that's a, a character I've done every once in a while. Like oh, every yeah, year I'll yeah, do it yeah. like once or twice. So that whole character came from my first year in Boardwalk where it was still the 1950s theme. And I remember going into the interview and there was only a, a couple of spots left. And this was very much a case of the show director knowing me from a previous role somebody else came in they said oh you know this person yeah he's great okay go out there but there's only these limited spots right this is where you're going make the best of it so i go over to carnival and it's the 1950s theme and my costume was supposed to be like a jock because we had all the like the the not stereotypical, but everything you would think of from the 50s. Right. Like you had soda jerks, you had jocks, you had these roller skating waitresses, you had <laughs> popcorn salesmen, and everybody was in this like goofy kind of scary type mask because there was no real lighting for Boardwalk at that point. There yeah. was no little overhanging um, it was dark. canopy lights. No, this is even before that. Before it was, that? It was bright as hell. Oh, it was they bright. Still had, they still had um, 
Boomerang there. Right oh, there. oh, this was during Boomerang yeah, right there. Boomerang. This is way back in two, oh God, now my knees are going to hurt just saying this number out loud. It was uh, 2005? <laughs> yeah, God 2005. Damn. Yeah, because I started in 03, and 05 is when I got on the streets. But going into that year, being dressed as like a jock, I had a letterman's jacket, I had some black slacks and like a white buttoned-up shirt. But the mask. It was the mask. The the mask is what kind of killed my spirit a little bit because it was this backwater hillbilly mask <laughs> that had these buck teeth and this ridiculous glued-on pompadour that just didn't look right in this big old nose. And I'm walking around going, I don't look scary. <laughs> what the hell am I doing? Like, why am I wearing this? So I'm walking around, yeah, doing this thing for a couple of weeks, and that was another point where I was like, yo, I think this ain't it. I, uh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to try and go for some other zone next year. Yep. And in the middle of all of that, there was this other... ...do that little shtick of pretending to be blind, because right. what the fuck else am I Yeah, that's a great idea. scary. So, yeah, I go out there, and I'm like, all right, well, I'll see how this goes. And I start moving around with the little blind cane, start kind of going the wrong way. But I commit to it a little bit more because I didn't really want to do the silly thing. And at the same time, I didn't really want to interact with the guests. So I'm just kind of in my own little world, wandering right. around the midway. And somebody, out of nowhere reaches over, grabs my shoulder, and pulls me off to the side over by Johnny Rockets. Ooh. And they were like, sir, sir, I'm so sorry, so sorry. And I was like, hey, what's up, buddy? Like, under my mask. Yep. And they were like, I'm sorry. I just, I didn't want you to get hurt. There was this group of people coming toward you, and it looked like they were going to run right into This was you. a guest that pulled and you aside? A guest that pulled me to the side. Are you serious? Yeah, so wow. under my mask, I'm sitting there snickering. <laughs> it's <laughs> this <working."> sucker. <laughs> and that was kind of the start of it because I was so bored. That's so awesome. that year, I dove like completely into it. I was just the blind character. I looked like backwater blind Elvis <laughs> is what I ended up looking like. And the following year is when they switched over to the whole carnival theme. Yeah. So because I kept doing it that year... Uh, one of my friends that was a designer at that point actually drew me into that uh, original, like, concept artwork. In there. Right. So the little um, clown, like, old dude with the bozo haircut, glasses on with the little blind cane, that was a little drawing of me being pitched over for there because the idea was that the clowns were supposed to mess with people. Right. It was a little bit different of an experience of, like, going through CS yeah. or, or Ghost Town or something like that. Right. Some experience that you would get there that you wouldn't really get in another zone. Yeah. So I went so hard into it at that point. Every year after that, I did it a little bit less and less to the point where now it's like, all right, well, I'll do it one or two times a season. Space it out a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it feels right. right. And unfortunately with, like... The gauntlet theme, it's hard to justify that in my own brain to go out there and be the blind king because as funny <laughs> as it is, I like to play in theme a little bit more now. Yeah. So it's harder to justify like, all right, why does this fool have a king? <laughs> why is he really wearing aviator glasses out there? Yeah. Can you think of a more clever way to do it? Plus, we already have our monks that are blind and have the eyes gouged out, so... 
Uh, I don't know. It Honestly, worked show. it worked perfectly, in my opinion. Now, I thought it was great. Correct me if I'm wrong. That night, were you not just a blind king? You were the blind penguin king. Oh, was it that night? I feel like that was a different night. I know we had King Penguin Night because that I was the I remember the King night. Penguin Night. Yeah, that was the night the boys had the party hats. There was only one night for King Penguin. Yeah, actually, come to think about it. Because... Uh, Doink and Boomer had their uh, party hats like yes. they normally do. They go out, they're the birthday clowns or birthday jesters. Right. And they were like, do you want to get in on this? I'm like, all right. Like, I'm sitting there wandering up to our break room figuring out, well, what am I going to do? This is just silly. Why in the fuck is the king joining in on this jibber-jabber <laughs> other than, like, my own headcanon going, all right, well, in the story it says that the queen, that the jesters are her favorite but the jesters have always been my favorite character, just yeah. in all of Scary Farm. I've always wanted to be a jester, so I'm like, no, 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 no. The king likes the jesters. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, his, that's his thing. So I was like, all right, I'm going to figure out how to join in on this. Got one of the party hats and thought, oh, I'm going to wear this different from the boys because I think Doink had his yep. one off to the side, Boomer had his, like, two or whatever. And I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to wear this over my face like a mask. Hey, I look kind of like a plague doctor. <gasps> I look kind of like a penguin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought to myself, Emperor Penguin, <gasps> King Penguin. Yes. <laughs> and, oh, man. you know, just, things just happen from there. I think the funniest ideas are some of the things that just come, like, off the cuff. Oh, yeah. And you're able to just kind of run yeah. with it. And then everybody else is so down to play along with it yeah play along and play into right it just became its own super fun thing where now i'm even looking back at it and going so how am i going to do this next year (laughs) (laughs) i get you 100 percent on that because it's true when you pull something out that's just kind of last minute comes out of nowhere there was one night where i think it was towards the end of the season this year uh where I grabbed one of the cones, the caution cones on the side that were there for just water puddles. I started using it as a jousting stick, started running at people, and then you saw Goofy tagging along with it, Mm -hmm. or, um, you know, Beast Boy um, was tagging along, grabbing the other one, and we were just running at each other. So last-minute, like, ideas like that, it just brings people in. So I can see that 100%, yeah. Absolutely. And it, it works great, you know? I mean, yeah, you can plan something, but, like, really the last-minute ones are the ones that make it a big laugh for sure. Yeah, the blind the blind act was, was great, though. Yeah. I mean, being led off the stage, and then you just like you just veering off and I know like the, the bystanders, and they like they're directing you, and you're like, hey, hey, I know, I know. <laughs> Who said I didn't want to walk this way? Yeah, yeah, that was, uh, and then of course, throughout the season, my favorite encounters with you were, well, there's a lot, but it was just like the moment I seen you, you were full king. And then turn around, and you're just, like, cape in the wind, Crazy. rogue. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> you're just, like, swiftly, like, zooming between people. Yeah. And <laughs> I'm like, where did he go? <laughs> so I got, it's not that I get bored, but it's kind of that I get bored. <laughs> um, I, I like the whole king shtick. I think it's kind of the perfect mix of everything that I've done so far and still being different enough to where it's its own thing. 
But still, you can only do the voice, the act, for so long during the night, during the season, before your brain starts switching out to a different mode. And you're like, well, I want to do something different. And, I mean, you know, more power to everybody that has, like, a very very concrete image. Yeah. uh, Where they are 100% their character every single moment of every single night. I respect that. Um, My stupid brain also tells me that as long as I'm doing this whole very grand kind of performance as this king character, well, I just want to scare some motherfuckers, too. Yeah, yeah. 100%, <laughs> so, yeah. So I want to get down and get feral and, you yeah. know, zoom in between people and, you know, swing by them as like a ghost. And honestly, it really reminds me of... Uh, I take inspiration from, like, old camp. Like, yeah. I remember that style of scaring because everybody is so... So different in the way that they scare come them. out and scare and interact yeah. with people. Absolutely. Old camp as in like old gauntlet? Like, like old gauntlet. Old yeah. gauntlet. Um, I, I would say they had the most unique scare style that definitely influenced me. Because when you look at Ghost Town, um, it's a very piston-like motion. When, when people go out there and scare, right? Mm-hmm. They're in the fog. They've got their little hidey hole. Yeah. They pop out. Right. And either they'll follow up and they'll get down on some people right. and, you know, follow up and really keep terrify chasing them. them. Yeah. Or they'll kind of sink back into the fog and then they'll go from there. Right. But when I used to watch camp, it was this very smooth fucking motion. It was... It was it's interesting just an easy flodge. It everything flowed so well, and this is before you know Carnival was even a nugget of like an idea of how <laughs> they would scare over there. But I noticed those little differences, and I'm like, okay, so you know, walking through Ghost Town is like walking through a traditional horror movie, but when I walk through camp, it's like I think we talked about it over the season. It's like walking through Spooky Ren Fair. Yeah. You know, you you can walk through there, and you could get you know, completely terrified, or you could have this interaction with somebody and they are just completely in their character the whole time, even though they're doing this whole thing that's off script. (laughs) And that was always really interesting to me, and that's what I took to Boardwalk while I was over there because it was was so very unique to me as opposed to just jumping out and scaring somebody. Right. I thought that was really interesting, and there are certain themes where you can kind of get away with that okay so so with that being said mark i do want to go back before carnival yeah and before you started knots Mm -hmm. we're gonna start at the beginning i want to get the full story of how you started got into scaring and uh halloween in general yeah before Um, knots so i grew up in a karate studio right uh, I have been at the same studio, Red Dragon Karate, in Phillips Ranch. Now it's Diamond Bar. Um, I've been there since I was eight years old. And I remember there was a certain point where we did a group trip to Scary Farm. And I was like, I don't know what the hell Scary Farm is. I mean, we did a couple of haunted houses yeah. at the studio. It just happened to be like the place next to us was an old 
Hallmark store when that was still a thing. Oh. And after they went out of business, it was just this little like open space. And my instructor that owned the studio, he right. he had the idea, well, let's go ahead and make a haunted house in that unused space. Nice. That'll generate some income for the for the shopping center, right. for us as a business. It'll expose people to us, and maybe they'll want to come sign up. Yeah. So. Uh, me and the owner's son, we built our own little room that I think was this little, um, it was a Dr. Frankenstein's monster type setup. And I was Igor and he was the Dr. Frankenstein type character. He did this big old show and then some strobe light effect would happen and I would pop out and I'm like 12 years old. And I was like, man, that was kind of fun. And fast forward a little bit to the end of high school for me. I didn't know what the fuck I wanted to do. I wasn't like an art student. Yeah. Um, I, God, I barely fucking graduated because my head was in the clouds. To the point where I always felt like I was behind because I always wanted a job that had something to do with art itself, but I didn't want a boss because it would kill my spirit. Typical artist. Gotcha, gotcha, so, okay. <laughs> so from that, now honestly, that's kind of how everything started because my buddy that I grew up with, um, his name is Matthew. Uh, he's otherwise known as Question. He's in uh, Old Camp. Okay. He is uh, the general manager over there at the Cauldron across the street from Knott's. Oh. Uh, we grew up together, and he was a little bit older than me. As soon as I graduated high school, he was like, hey, do you want to work? Uh, scary farm with me. Yeah. My dumbass, being like 18, 19 years old, I was like, people get paid for that? <laughs> He's like, well, of course people get paid. I'm like, I don't know. Like, I see people in costumes. Maybe it's their own, you know, personal Halloween Maybe it's just a uh, volunteer over. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's for volunteers. Who knows? Yeah. So he's like, well, of course people get paid for it. Come over and have some fun. So me and uh, my buddy, uh, Chris, that I also grew up with, he was there for one year already, and it made me feel a little bit more comfortable coming into anything because I had two friends that worked the events already. At the end of the day, even if I don't enjoy this thing, I've still got my friends. We're good. Yeah. So I went in in 2003, and I was in the Inquisition in the Peanuts Playhouse in Camp Snoopy. That was my first venue. I was a plague victim. And, God, I think that was a year or two where I had, like, five different masks. Mostly because I hated the first one, so I think I kept pretending that the ma the masks broke. Oh, so you could switch or, it up? So I could switch <laughs> it up. And eventually, Tim and Bill kind of, like, caught on to it. They're like, wait a minute. No, pretty much. Are you sure it's broken? Right. So <laughs> they, uh, they had me keep going with it. And I didn't have a ton of fun with it, but my, my friends were still working it. And the second year rolls around, and I'm yeah. like, well, okay, well, maybe I want to go back. I don't know. It's only like six weeks. But around the summer, my buddy that got me into it, Matthew, calls me and goes, well, do you want to work build with us? Because him and Chris started doing that as well. And Matt had already been building for a little while. And I was like, what the fuck do I know about building? Like carpentry, right? And he's like, yeah. Well, I built the... Karate studio a couple times. We'd remodeled, we'd switch locations. So I knew how to use tools. Yeah. So I got into that and had a lot of fun in the build process. I remember day one, I get in, my lead looks at me and goes, Oh, you're new, huh? <laughs> yeah, is it that obvious? He goes, Yeah. A little bit. Well, new boots, new tools. You don't know shit. Ah. So I was 
like, all right, yeah, no, you're not wrong. I'll confess. But he looks at me and goes, oh, well, you know what? That's all right. You're a monster, right? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I'm a monster. He's like, okay, so you care about the um, the show quality. Like, you want to do a good job because you want to produce a good show. Well, of course. He's like, all right, well, then we'll teach you the rest. And literally everything that I have learned on the job has, bec has been because of that year where my friends convinced me to do build. And it happened to be the same year where I started getting more interested in Scary Farm in general. Right. So year two, 2004, I got into uh, Carnival of Carnivorous Clowns in Outer Space. Shout out C3. What God, year I was those kids. What, what year was this? That was 2004. And that was, man, that was a fun year. I was in the in fact, it's in the 50th maze, come to think of it. They've got my character that's still in there. It's the bigwig character with the big old hula hoop flame oh, pants and the prosthetic. Yeah. Um, I've worn one or two of those faces out on streets a couple of times since they closed that maze down. But wow. I was in there for a year, and I think I won. Did I win something that year? Most creative, I think. That's that awesome. Year. And do you remember auditions that year? Like, there were no auditions at that point. So, okay, so now fast forward to year three, that's when I actually got on streets. There were no auditions at that point. There was still this little unwritten rule where you should have been in a maze for about five years yeah. before you even bothered to even try and ask for a wow. street position. Okay. Because their thought process on it is that you need to spend your time in the venue before we entrust you with going out in the street zone and being able to handle yourself while there's hundreds and thousands of guests around you at any given time. It's 360-degree improv. Yeah. So they want you to be in that little safe zone of being able to pop out at somebody and come back and know how to reset and find your, your good spots and your safe spots before even doing that. So with that being said, I went into that... I guess, for lack of a better term, it was an audition. I, I walked in there, and it was literally just a, a quick little conversation. That's between it? Between myself and uh, Craig Harold, that used to be, uh, that was old pasta. So he was running the street zones, and he asked me, he was like, well, he's like, where were you before? I was like, oh, I was in this maze and this maze. He goes, oh, I remember you from, um, from Clowns. He's like, you did a pretty good job in there. And then my friend Brooke walks over. Gives me a big old hug, and Craig looks at her and goes, oh, you know him? She goes, yeah, he was in my wedding. And uh, Brooke, at this point, she was a painter. She ended up being head of entertainment at one point. But it was very much a case of who you know at that point. Because Craig looks at me and goes, okay, well, I've got these spots in uh, Boardwalk. Have at it. He's like, you could be a jock. Really? And I was like, all right, well, uh, I guess we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens from here. But that's where... Year three, that's where all of that carnival stuff started happening. And okay. The whole backwater Elvis thing. So moving out of that into 2005, that's when the actual carnival theme happened. And in, in Boardwalk. In Boardwalk. and Was it a zone then, or was it considered just a walkthrough where there was a couple jump scares? Like So it was a full-fledged zone. But even after the theme change, there was only, like, I, even my first year, there was only, like, 13 monsters. Really? For that entire zone. And now imagine, too, wow. this goes from train tracks to train tracks over by 
um, Supreme screen right, all the with way. the games in front of uh, Cloud9 yeah. uh, all the way to the western train tracks. Wow. And there was 13 people for all of that. Eventually it grew into like 60 plus because you need it for that amount of space. But those first couple of years, there was like, I think there might have only been like 20 something at best. That's uh, crazy, dude. Theme. Yeah. Just for that big of a zone, 13 mm -hmm. monsters, that's not a lot. Yeah. You guys got to be spread out. Like, oh, Absolutely. man. I barely saw anybody. That's. I wow. think that's also kind of why it was a little bit more not boring. Well, yeah, it was boring at the time. I'm not going to lie. It was boring for me. Um, I think that's why it was boring because I just never really ran across anybody. Yeah. And I had no point of reference for what the zone should feel like in just your own thoughts of like okay i'm gonna pop out and get a scare yeah well that didn't work well what am i doing wrong well i'm not really thinking about a character at this point but at the same time i don't have a community of monsters around me to really reference to read aside. off of yeah exactly feed off of other than like maybe walking to uh cruise nest every yeah. every once in a while to go get food um i wouldn't really see anybody else yeah. so Anyway, it, it ended up being switched over to that carnival theme in 2005, and I was the first half-man, half-woman that year. I was in makeup, and it was a lot of fun. It was like this still silly kind of half-man, half-couch <laughs> look that Boardwalks always had kind of going on. Yeah. I mean, it's... Those costumes are made so that they can get trashed, which is a good yeah. thing and it's a bad thing because it makes the performer kind of have to uh, bring that character out a little bit more. Yeah. I, I just wasn't, it was another case of not having a lot of, uh, not having a lot of fun, but I think the problem for me was that it was pitched a little bit differently than how it was pulled off. Was Tim in charge of wardrobe at the time? I believe so, but I don't remember if it was Tim or Bill. I feel like it was Tim's baby. Okay. But I, I get the thought process. Like, okay, we're going to put this, like, 70s plaid-looking couch costumes out there. Uh, we're going to have everybody in red hair. Yep. Everybody's a clown. So if somebody, you know, gets in trouble or some guest is trying to pull something over where they want free tickets, they'll look and say... This clown did something to me, and security or guest information oh, will ask yeah. them the question, which one was it? The one with the red hair. Okay, that doesn't really narrow Yeah, Yeah, <laughs> they all have red hair. So which one was it? <laughs> so, I mean, everything's been pretty, like, gelled together since day one. Yeah. But I think because of that, everybody's been more creative over the years yeah. because of it. So I'm walking around half man, half woman, and my uh, my makeup artist, I do not remember her name for the life of me, but my very first makeup artist out on streets, she had just graduated beauty school but had never done theatrical makeup before. Ooh. So baby-faced Marky goes in there <laughs> and she does the girl side, makes me look beautiful. I'm a bombshell. You're like, I'm looking hot now. I'm looking great. <laughs> All right. So then uh, she gets to the guy's side, puts a little bit of foundation on, a little bit of shading, and goes, all right, you're done. And I'm like, excuse me? That's it? I'm done. She goes, well, you're already a guy, so 
Don't yeah, need to do done. much. So yeah. it was very minimal kind of makeup that year. So I, I kept going with the whole blind character bit. Oh, to help out a little to bit. To help with... it out a little. Yeah. Yeah. But I think once I got into 2006, that's where I actually started thinking about characters more. Because now that I knew what characters existed in this whole carnival theme, it was a little bit easier to pick out okay, well, I want to do that, and I'm going to make it my own. Yeah. And I'm going to put my own spin on this. And I think the first thing I wanted to do was be a barker. And oh, yeah. it just, I don't know. Like, it, I know I didn't play a barker the way it was intended. Because the barker's role in that whole carnival is to announce shows to announce acts and interact Games with people a little bit more. Like yeah, get them to spend money. And I spent all my time heckling the shit out of everybody. <laughs> so I, it was a very mouthy few years of me doing the Barker uh, between 2006 and 2009. Do you remember who was in the zone at the time? Was Boogie in there and Boots? Like... I don't think Boots and Boogie had been there yet. The very first monster that I knew them before they entered the zone yeah. was Big John. Okay. Uh, Big John was an executioner in the gauntlet, and I remembered him because he did this really funny Swedish chef act uh. where the face that he had, it's this six foot three, four giant motherfucker with a, <laughs> with a Michael Myers mask on that has a nosebleed but it's also dressed like Swedish chef walking after you going, um... It was silly as shit to me, but I was like, man, that's kind of fun. You could do that in Gauntlet. I want to try and do that. I'm a clown. <laughs> so anyway, I, I remembered it. I never did anything with it, but I remember he comes over to, to Carnival, and honestly, him and uh, Johnny uh, Cook, Plague, uh, he, they were my two, two points of reference for making the silly... Scary. Okay. I think. I think Big John is probably one of the scariest motherfuckers out there. He John had, Cook. He was in... John Cook, but also Big John... John, what's your last name? Is it Dario? No, 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 no. Oh, this, not this executioner. Yeah, different executioner. Um, John, I'm sorry. I don't remember your last name right now. I'm going to figure it out. So, anyway, uh, two different Johns. Okay. Uh, Big John and then John Cook. I'll just call him Plague because... Plague's a plague's a plague. Um, gotcha, you gotcha. So, Big John was this big... No, I don't want to play. Um, so, uh, Big John is this scary motherfucker that's walking around. No, ma'am. Are you good? Tell, tell, tell uh, Siri to shut the fuck up, bro. It's okay, Siri. We're telling stories. We're it's telling fine. spooky stories. Spooky stories. So... So, um, so, Big John has this big, scary character where I'm like, damn, that is, that is what a scary clown is supposed to look like. He reminded me of watching 
the movie It on steroids. Really? And he loved using a chainsaw when we could still have it in the air. This was back when we had chainsaws. Yeah, at back Knox. when we had chainsaws. In Carnival. Yeah. But it wasn't named Carnival at the time, was it? Actually, yeah. Yeah, it was still Carnival? I don't remember what it was during the 50s theme. I feel like it might have just been Boardwalk. I can probably open up this little picture history thing, but fucking whatever. You know, um, it's okay. Whatever yeah. you, whatever comes to mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was definitely called Carnival when we switched to the Carnival theme. Gotcha. And the way it was pitched, it, it was supposed to be like a freak show. Yeah. So that was always what was in my head. Yeah. And it was always strange to me that everybody's a clown. Everybody's got a red nose. Everybody's got this yeah. red hair. And even just the fact that everybody was a clown kind of like irked me. Cause I'm like, well, yeah, but like, what about the tattooed woman? What about the, um, the bearded boy lady or like or... the bearded lady. Yeah. I mean, it's just kind of silly that yeah. everybody was a clown. So I kind of tried to I twist it up a little bit, buck the trend at all. But like, I never thought about it. I think in the same way that they that corporate right. thought about it. Yeah. Olson, Olson, there it is. <laughs> Thank you, John. John Olson. So um, we did a few years of that, and my buddy Adam. This is my original running partner. Adam. Adam Roman. DJ Adam yeah. Roman, yeah. Uh-huh. That's my brother. We grew up, too. And eventually I convinced him to go work Scary Farm. His first year, I think, was in uh, uh, Terror Vision. Right. And then he was in uh, Lore of the Vampire, and then he came out to Carnival. Okay. And we ran together for years, and God damn it, we were absolute terrors. <laughs> um, I'm glad that... Cameras on phones didn't really exist at that point. Oh, man. Wish it was now, too. Too but. many fun stories to uh, incriminate myself with. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think some of those stories I have to actually wait on until I... I can only imagine with have, you and Adam yeah. going out <sighs> together and just destroying people's souls with the people's yeah, things Yeah, because the got. whole thing was like, all right, we're clowns. Yeah. We're going to heckle you until you cry. <laughs> Whether I make you laugh, make you cry, make you scream, yep. if I get one of those things, I did my job. And you got the <laughs> premium experience, buddy. So we right. did that for a couple of years. And actually, 2010, I think that's when I was the ringmaster for like a year or two. But there was also this thing. It's funny that you said crushing people's souls. There was also this thing that we nicknamed the Soul Crusher. So really? it was this tower out in front of Main Gate that was maybe about a story high. It was this big netted cage that you could only access through this ladder that also had a lockup. So guests couldn't, like, get up the ladder and right. get in the cage with you. And originally... It was scheduled. No, I was a barker, so maybe this was 2009. Because the original idea was that it was supposed to be three barkers taking turns. Go up into main gate, crawl up the little cage, do some announcements, and talk to the crowd. And... Oh, man. Was this at a certain time throughout the night? This, this actually happened all night, and like more oh, stories are popping into my head as I'm talking about this. So it was all night, right? And like I said, there were supposed to be three people. Two of them dropped out. I was the third person. Two they dropped them. out of knots completely? No, no, no. no. Or Sorry, just, just, doing oh, this just little going up the... Yeah. So 
they wanted the Barkers to announce the shows and the random goings on of the wow. park in general. So they gave me a little park map. Yeah. And they said, well, just talk about this. Figure it, you'll, you'll figure it out. In costume yeah. as the Barker. Yeah. Wow. So I'm up in this cage thinking like, all right, I'm going to talk about these shows. I'm going to hype them up. But it was also at the time where there were still hard ticket sales. Yeah. So you have people lined up at main gate. Right. And they get bored. You can only run through the your lines so many times. Right. Before people are like, get some new material, clown. <laughs> and I'm sitting here going, shut up, bitch. There's only like five shows. <laughs> so, so because I can't say things like that to them, <laughs> I have to start thinking of other things we could do. Right. And the whole reason that the other two Barkers couldn't go was because one was deathly afraid of heights. And this thing, like I said, is about a story in the air. And the other one had messed up her knee. So oh. she was on one of the little electric vehicles riding around like PJ this year. Yeah. Um, so they said, well, can you just be in it for a few hours? A few hours turned into like five hours, and I never saw anybody ever. So I asked them, can I bring Adam with me? At least then, it's that just, way we'll, I'll have a buddy. Yep. And we can we can make this thing our own. You well, can work off each other. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So we worked off each other a bit. And I think some of the most memorable stories came from us being out in front of the crowd. Talk about those. Please. Yeah. Um, go, go for it. Go, just oh go for God. it. All right. Let's see. You and Adam talking. I can see this, too. You two are crazy. So I heard legends. <laughs> I heard legends of these two gentlemen that were in the Soul Crusher at one point. Um, and I, I think the original idea was that if you just get offensive enough, they'll kick us out and they won't want us to do it anymore. <laughs> because we didn't really, like, push the envelope at that point. We had, like, qu little quick comebacks. Yeah. But nothing really mean. Yeah. <laughs> um, until we got into the Soul Crusher where the whole reason it was nicknamed that was because after a couple of hours, you just want to fucking off yourself, man. Yeah. It was... Anyway, you were done with Scary Farm at that point. You're like, I came to scare people for this. And I'm just talking, I, yeah. speaking over events. Yeah. Yep. So after we got done with the little announcements, we would start to heckle the crowd a little bit. This is at the... All right. Well, I can tell that story. I can't tell that one. I'll tell this one. Okay. So <laughs> there was this crowd of... Uh, I, I'm going to say probably teenagers. Yeah, I know they were teenagers. There's this crowd of teenagers down below. And they're doing the dance, the jerk. That's when it got real popular. Oh, <laughs> down early, foot two, back. early yeah. 2000s. Yeah. So they're doing the jerk. And they look up to us and go, hey, clown, teach me how to jerk. I look at Adam. He looks at me and I'm like, I'm not going to say it. Are you going to say it? <laughs> He's like, I'll say it. And he takes the microphone from me, or megaphone that we had, rather. And he looks down at him and goes, Depends. You got a picture of your mother? Oh, no. And then, oh, I said that. I don't know. One of us said it. <laughs> so anyway, this kid gets all offended. His, his friends start laughing at him. They look up. He goes, hey, that's fucked up. My mother's dead. <laughs> oh. And then, I, oh, this is where I took it. Because I took it from the megaphone from him because I'm not cussing. And I looked at him and I was like, maybe that's why she didn't move around so much. <laughs> Oh, man. And then this kid is just getting fucking roasted by his friends, and they just kind of like, they laugh, they have a good time with it, and they walk off. Yeah. And 
we kind of get the side eye from our binge supervisor at that point, which happened to be Big John. Because he cycled from the monster to the leadership role at that point. He looks up at us and goes, boys, he's like, I'm going to have to call it at some point. So we were like, okay, sorry, John. And I look at Adam, I was like, it's working. (laughs) Keep doing it. Well, let's just keep going. We won't go over the top, but just enough to where we get kicked out. So this other group rolls up and starts doing the jerk again. Oh, man. And they look at us once again and go, hey, clown, teach me how to jerk. And this time, Adam definitely goes for it. He goes, can I stand in the center and you guys call me Cookie? <laughs> uh, I can see Adam so doing that, too. So we saw the wiggly yeah. finger from John. No! And told us to come down, of course. <laughs> So we got a tongue lashing for that, and uh, rightly so. We shouldn't have been pulling that bullshit. Um, So we come back the next day. Our plan definitely did not work. And we kept having to announce these shows, so we just kind of kept heckling the audience to the point where I thought we might be fired, but we kept saying things that towed the line between... The PG-13 rating and the theme and everything kind of worked together because we were clowns. So they just kind of kept letting us do our thing. Yeah. And the VP of the park at that point, I think it was Jack Balfus, we were his two favorites. And he just said, I like those guys. (laughs) Let them keep going. So we we finished out that season like that. Just in a fucking box and that was year well, 2000 a night. that was 2009 or 10 i think that was 2009 was 2009 because i think 2010 that's when i did the ringmaster character you switched it up to ringmaster switched it up a little bit okay but i honestly i'm gonna say it was probably just more of the same character just different costume i i don't think it really changed that much did you still do that tower thing? Did they have that going on no. that year? No, they took that away, huh? <laughs> that only ended up happening for one year. I think I would have told them hard no if they would have asked me again. That was not fun. It was okay for a year to have some stories come out of it. Yeah. Yeah, I still can't tell those other ones. I'll have to tell the other ones later, much later. So so how was it being the ringmaster? And was this – because I know now yeah. that – Alex is the ringmaster, yep. correct? Yep. Was Alex in the zone at the time? And uh, um, if it, you know what, honestly, let's see. Because him and Tanya started the same time, technically. Yeah, I feel like he was there, but it was probably Baby Alex. Baby or he Alex, was just like a, just a clown. Got you. Okay. Um, the ringmaster character. There's a couple things that you need to make that character work. It's yeah. Gotta be. Big voice, big presence. Yeah. And it's okay to have one or the other, but that character doesn't really work unless you have both. Yeah. Because... You gotta talk a lot. You're in charge, basically, right? Pretty much. Yeah. There was... Okay, so that also brings up the owner character and the first iteration of it. Um, The owner was a character that was pitched by my buddy, Wade, uh, he came from camp as well. His nickname's Triple X. Um, big dude. He was very intimidating. But the way the costume was executed, the very first year he pitched this idea, right. it just, the owner just didn't match. Did not match his own. It was, because everybody was a clown, 
Um, he was the only one walking around with like a half burned face, and yeah. he had this cane that he had the uh, the flint on the bottom. He would spark the ground, and it made a cool little effect. But the the character just never gelled with anything. Right. So I always thought that character. I was like, nah, that's that's just not for me. <laughs> like more power to you if you want to do that. Right. But also too, like when I think of a character that owns the carnival, I think of the ringmaster. So it's always been strange to me about having this owner character mixed in with the other person that you would think runs the joint. Yeah. So, I, I, I don't know. I was never a fan of that until oh, 2011 and 12, I think. Those were my last couple of years in Carnival so, for a while. So, you were uh, the ringmaster for three years. Ish. Ish. I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Because I, I know for sure I did 2010. Yeah. I might have actually only done it for... Two years. Two years. So, okay. Because 11, 11 and 12, Yeah. I think I did the owner character for the first time. Oh. But it wasn't called the owner at that point because Craig comes up to me and says, hey, I want you to do the owner this year. And we're backstage in the middle of the day building the mazes. And I was like, I don't want to do that character. Craig, it's fucking <laughs> stupid. <laughs> He's like... He's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I hate that character. It doesn't match anything in the zone. It it's, sucks. Yeah, it's not even because, like, Wade did anything weird with it. It's just it's the one character that didn't mesh well for me. Yeah. So he pitched it to me as, well, what do you want to do? I was like, well, I've always wanted to be a jester in camp, and if that doesn't exist anymore or I don't have a shot at that, yeah. Um, what if I do, like, a boss clown, but it's like the boss of the bosses. Right. So he was like, all right, well, let's go ahead and make this into a character. It'll be the ultimate boss clown. Yeah. And that's just how it's written on the character sheet at really? this point. It just says boss? It, it says it's ultimate boss, boss clown. clown. It's not even a name oh, that I shoot. came up with. It's only because the owner character didn't right. exist. And I think after a point, it might have actually just turned into vulgar on the character sheet. Really? Yeah, I, I don't even know. It's, it's one of those backstage so, things. So, uh, speaking of vulgar, yeah. that's your haunt name, right? Yeah. Vo well, it is, right? Yeah, oh, it sure is. How did that name come across? Like, how did you get that? Just okay. pause for a second in between, like, yeah. tw this is your 20... You were in 2011, 2012, yep, yep, yep. Carnival, uh -huh. right? You just ended becoming the ringmaster. Mm -hmm. Bringing up Vulgar, though, yeah. when did that name come into play, and, and how did that come about? So that name came in 2005 or six. I think it was six. Okay. Because it was the first year of Carnival. Yeah. And I didn't really have, like, a haunt name at that point. Yeah. It, that was still a big era of you don't choose your own name. You're just kind of gifted it. And yeah. that's how people knew you is, like, your little stage name. Right. But nothing I ever got really stuck. There were, like, a couple little things. Marcosaurus, Marcosaurus Rex, <laughs> uh, Midget Ninja, because I was on build and I'm shorter <laughs> than everybody else. And there were a couple things, but nothing ever really sticking. Stuck, yeah. yeah. It never really resonated. But yeah. right before the season where everything switched out to the carnival theme, yeah. I was watching this movie, and the name of the movie was Vulgar. And it's total 90s humor. Um, the gist of the movie is that there's this party clown who is 
trying to make a name for himself and he wants to get on television. Right. He does these kids parties as like his day job. Not great at it, not making a lot of money. He's yeah. got his normal job that he gets laid off from. He decides it's a good idea to, and this is where the 90s humor comes out, and also, you know, it's old. My knees hurt again. <laughs> um, he puts an ad out in the classifieds yeah. for a bachelor party clown that turns out to be a guy in lingerie giving your <laughs> bachelor a lap dance. Ha ha, <laughs> super funny. And then he leaves. So he does this a few times, actually makes a little bit of money off of it, mm -hmm. but then eventually runs across this family of hillbillies that um, gang rapes him and frames him, or not Ooh. frames him, I'm sorry, blackmails him for Oof. more money because when he finally gets on television, yeah. they think it's a good idea once they see him to go ahead and blackmail this man that they all gang raped. Um, so he ends up murdering that whole family. <laughs> And it's a real dark movie. Great this is, watch. This I totally is, recommend. This is a, a movie called Vulgar. This is a movie called Vulgar. It's, okay. It's directed by uh, the guy that plays Randall in the Clerks movies. Okay. So with the whole party clown thing, yeah. I was like, oh, and I'm the half man, half woman? Okay, Vulgar? That sounds hard. <laughs> I right. like it. I was like, I like that. Okay, let's go with that. Yeah. And it just kind of stuck. Nice. through the years a part of it is because well i curse i don't know what to tell you you're like just call me vulgar uh, i mean yeah and at some point too like especially because i cut through a lot of bullshit in some conversations where i just want to get to the point right if i feel like somebody's telling me a story and i'm like okay get to your fucking point now yeah. please because i, I we got to skip this whole fucking carnival of bullshit <laughs> um please just tell me what you're trying to tell me right that i think that's how the name kind of just stuck throughout gotcha. the years okay so yeah that's the that's where it came from but All right. also because yeah it it sticks with me because nobody was really naming themselves and i always kind of felt like oh am i even gonna get away with this if nobody is really naming yeah themselves? especially if everybody's giving you a name you know and and right. i when i came into uh knots um i was told that three veterans would have to agree on a name to give to you, like you said, a gift right, right. as a name, you know? Yeah. And I think they're still going with that in a way, but was it It was the same thing then yeah, too, right? Backstage culture. Yeah, yeah. It's backstage culture. It, it's a cool thing. Yeah. I think it's a cool thing. Um, I think it's cool. But I mean, it's your stage name. Yeah. It really is what it is. Like, yeah. I don't go around telling anybody, call me vulgar. <laughs> I think that's kind of weird, man. Like, if you're calling me vulgar yeah. at my day job, yeah. and that's how you know me, that number one, that means you don't know me outside of Scary Farm. Yeah. And number two, that tells me, I probably don't want to hang around this person too much yeah. or for very long. Sometimes somebody will yell it out to get my attention because right. if I just hear, like, my name, like, Mark, yeah. Marky, blah, maybe yeah. I'll ignore it because I'm in the zone. But if I hear that, it's, like, automatic ears perk up, like, who is this person? You, he knows me. Do I know you? <laughs> and, and also, why are you calling me that? There's a red flag right there. Well, but it's also cool because it's, like, a haunt name. So, you know, it's Very cool. Here, it, and you don't hear it all year round, which is cool, you know? True. So. When it comes to hearing your haunt name, it's like, oh shoot, I probably worked haunt with this person, you know? And oh yeah, true. It's true, haunts true. a love of yours. Yeah. It's a love of, I mean, it's a love of mine. It's a love of Keith's, and you know, so I mean, whenever I hear my name too, cards, I'm like, who uh, is no, this motherfucker person. calling my name? You no, know? You know what? I follow that too. In a way, I mean, I, yeah, I no, get no, your, no, I get it. You I know? was gonna say, the, 
haunt is the love that I continuously pushed right. away over the years. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I, I, no, I do. I know what it is. What, what is that, it? Is it just bored? Like you, from? No, you you work the event right. Right. And there are some. You will meet some of the coolest people on earth. Yeah. But you will also meet some of the biggest fucking scumbags. <laughs> so you true. Have ever run across in your entire life and you're yeah. like, this is the community I'm involved with. Yeah. They let this shit happen. Haunt used to be super fucking racist when I started. Really? Yeah. Like out there in um, Carnival. Are you sure it didn't start on the tower in front? You know. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah. um, nah, I'm just nah, kidding. Man, it was it was kind of a bad place. There were some bad people. No, I, I get you. It was weird working there, but I had right. friends there, so I kind of, you know, stayed with it because of yeah. them. So because of you know that weird mix of personalities, yeah. it was always something that I never wanted to get involved in, too like too deep into. Okay, yeah. Keeping right. everybody very much at arm's distance. Yeah. If I didn't grow up with you, if I don't know you through martial arts, yeah. I'm probably going to see you for six weeks out of the year, and right. then I'm probably not going to associate with you for the other X amount of weeks throughout the year. Which is also another good reason for, you know, uh, not having everybody call you by your haunt name is because you get to separate those two. Yeah, I'm the true. same way. I kind of like that whole, you know, when it's not haunt season, you know, oh, yeah. call me by my real name. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. it's like haunt isn't your – it is a love, but you can't make it your whole life. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And some people just make it their whole life, you know? I mean, you know, more power to them. If it, they it's wanna... cool, Yeah. but, like, I don't know. It. I see what you're saying. I, I kind of get it, too, because they're a 100%. Camp. 100%. Also, to Fiesta Village, come to think of it, actually, You worked Fiesta? Yeah, I was in Fiesta for a year. I got forced into Fiesta for a year. It was fun. Um, <laughs> there was some bullshit that happened. Okay, so, yeah, going up. <laughs> Actually, we'll, we'll come around to that. I'll, I'll, I'll continue the last couple of years, and then we'll come back to Fiesta because so, that was actually my favorite zone. So uh, going back to 2012, yeah, yeah. you were uh, the boss. Yep, yep, The yep. boss clown. Uh-huh. How long were you the boss clown for? I was there up until 2012 because 2013 is when I was the uh, cast lead for Ghost Town. Okay. So 2012, I swore to God I was just going to be done with Haunt. I was like, all right, I mean, I've been doing this since 03, and I'm kind of an adult now. I've got my thing with the karate studio yeah. happening off, off to the side. Yeah. I liked working in production. I've got these adult jobs. So I thought it's not that Haunt was beneath me at all because it was still a fun thing for me. Yeah. But it felt like if I wanted to was it repetitive? my career one way or another. What's that? Was it repetitive in a way? It like, was a little bit repetitive. Like after that a... was another thing, too, because no yeah. matter what character I did, honestly, it was just a rehash of the same fucking thing. Got you. And I'm my own worst critic when it comes to character work. Like, you could yell at me all you want. Chances are I'm ten times fucking meaner to myself <laughs> than anybody else will ever be because everything that I say, I'm not even convinced I'm going to listen to the podcast because I'm going to cringe at the sound of my own fucking voice. No. Nah, um, you got to listen to him. I know. Of course I am. But, like, that's the level <laughs> of scrutiny I put on myself. So when things feel repetitive... It's time to call it. Self-destructive a little right. bit. Right. And, in you a know, way. more power to people that want to portray this character and they want to be haunt famous or whatever and keep doing the same character because that's their thing. Yeah. Great. Good for you. But when I feel like it's not fun, uh, 
or I'm repeating myself too much, I, I got to call in there because I'm going to get bored. Right. So with that, in 2012, I was like, all right, well, I'm going to be done now. Mm -hmm. um, that was also the same year where I actually had the opportunity to go to camp when it was still in the Necropolis theme. I auditioned for camp. Really? I auditioned to be the vampire hunter, and I got it. You got it uh, I, during audition. Well. I got it during auditions, and Lara, who was the head of production, yeah, she brings me in. We're about to do processing paperwork, and I get cold feet. I don't know what it was, but I told Lara, I was like, "Well, I kind of want to end the zone, and you know, I've been here for this long. I just want to end where I started." Yeah. She's like, "Are you sure? Like, you put all of this work over the years into." Going to camp. Yeah. Boardwalk was not somewhere that you wanted to be. It right. was somewhere where you worked and got out of and graduated from. Right. That's the way everybody treated it. Fuck, that's the way we all felt. Yeah. There were very few people that were like the ride or die, like, I'm going to be here until the end of the road type yeah. personalities. So I thought it was going to be my last year. And I did this whole big old elaborate execution of myself that year. We walked from the train tracks at Supreme Scream, yeah. tied my hands behind my back, walked me over to the fountain in a death march procession style. They list off this, uh, this litany of crimes I've committed, and Joey Boogie yep. bites off my nose, and the rest <laughs> of the clowns drown me in the fountain <laughs> while it was still going. Yep. And I remember getting drowned in that fountain and I see security. I could probably tell this story. No oh, boy. Um, I see security eyeballing me like, what is this motherfucker doing? And I stand up and go, I'm probably going to get fired. Nope. Zip off <laughs> and run my ass through mine ride, log ride, exits, bobbing and weaving through all these backstage passageways that I know. <laughs> and the funniest part is you can see my little wet feet prints behind <laughs> You got a trail. So, so I ran all the way around the backside of the games back to the uh, break room, yeah. throw on some other gear that was dry, and ran over to one of those heated spots from, uh, the fuck was the name of that ride? Like the lodge, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, Bigfoot Rapids. Not Bigfoot, but the one that was in Boardwalk Perilous before. Plunge. Perilous Plunge. Oh, Perilous Plunge. Here okay. it is. Yeah. Okay, so they had these little drying uh, machines next to them. I hop in there. <laughs> yeah. And some girl guest sees me drying off in there, and I'm shivering because it's one of the last days of the run, yeah. and it's super cold. She goes, can I hop in there with you? And I'm sitting there shivering. Yeah, sure. Come on in. <laughs> And she's sitting there asking me questions like, how's your night going? I'm like, it's cool. It's a little cold, but it's, it's fun. I just got executed. <laughs> she's like, oh, that's cool. That's cool. This, <laughs> this is a guest. That and just, this is a guest that I'm just having a conversation, conversation inside the drying, like. <laughs> yep, in full costume. Um, and I thought that was the end of it. So I ran away from the guest. I ended off my year and swore to God I was just done. Yeah. The next year comes up to where... 2013. They, yeah, 2013, we start having auditions, or interviews, rather. These are actual interviews for the cast lead position that eventually morphed into the venue supervisor position. And the first year that they had it, 2012, 
um, nobody really knew what to do with the cast lead position. Mm. They didn't, apparently they weren't given a lot of direction, just, you're in charge of the monsters. And then my brain that overanalyzes everything will go, it goes, well, what that means is I'm in charge of the entertainment part. I'm going to coach these motherfuckers. <laughs> you want to tell and, them what I know. And growing up in a karate studio, like, I, if there's anything I know, it's... Call coach, me sensei. Right? <laughs> so we get to the first couple of days, and I remember saying to the guys, which I'm really glad they played along with me. It was me being, like, very much in my own head. Okay, I'm going to coach this cast. I got Ghost Town, and Ghost Town, man, that thing is huge. I didn't realize how big Ghost Town was until I was there as a venue supervisor, and um, that's a lot of monsters to try and uh, wrangle. You were, like given you were giving Ghost Town to manage. Yeah, and that was first year trying to do it. Fuck. So, they luckily, trusted you then, Yeah, because that's a big zone. I think part of it, too, so. though, was that I had been around long enough that everybody kind of knew me. Yeah. And the first night, I remember telling everybody, I was like, okay, Ghost Town, no more stupid fucking sliding. <laughs> everybody looked at me like, the fuck? Because the thing about sliding that I... I've grown to appreciate it a little bit more over the years, but at the time, I thought it was so fucking lazy. Oh, my God. You sit on a fucking porch looking for your gaps. You hit the gap. You stand up, and you waddle the fuck back off to your little corner. And that's it. That's the entire scare. Like, yeah. oh, okay, so you wasted all this fucking money on your costume, on the pads, on your makeup, wasted their fucking time on your face for you to be out there for, like, three seconds, maybe, yeah. of an interaction. So my rule was we can still slide, but you need to be able to get up in character and do something, have some kind of interaction. I don't even fucking care what the interaction is. Make them laugh, make them cry. Um... Interact some some way somehow. Get some sort of emotion. Absolutely, because also coming from Boardwalk, that was very much um, you have to keep have doing to. laps. Yeah. You absolutely have to. That is not uh, an option over there. That is a survival technique. Right. Because as soon as you stop moving, that's when you get popped you get in the back of the with. head. Absolutely. Hundred percent. You don't move. You get fucked with in Carnival because. You're in the spotlight, and it's not even a spotlight, and At it's like times. the whole zone is lit up. Yeah. So you gotta be doing something the whole time. Yep. Even if it's just walking around in character, you better oh, make yeah. that not look like your normal, regular person yeah. walk. You gotta change it up somehow. Right. So, anyway, we get there, and I did my first year ghost town, and I told them I was like, "Look, this is the thing. We gotta get up in character. We gotta keep going." Yeah. And that started to change a little bit at that point. Now we still have some sliders that still do the same setup, but the way I look at it now is that if I look at the big picture, right, it is a tool in a toolbox. Yeah. Some people specialize in that, and you know, some people come for the sliders. That is exactly what they want to see. That is exactly the interaction that they want to see over and over again. They'll post up on the benches and just watch. 
Just watch them slide time after time after time, and they love seeing people get scared. So I get it. Now, at the time I didn't. Now I'm a little bit more understanding, right. I guess. But that was the first year in Ghost Town. But it also taught me, like, damn, this is a big place. So the second year, I got Boardwalk. That was 2014, the golden fucking year. You went back um, to you went back. I went to... back to Boardwalk in a supervisory position. I was the cast lead of Boardwalk. I looked very specifically for certain types of personality when casting because this is at the time where the auditions were in full swing. Yeah. And I remember there were a couple people that came through. I casted Lemus. I casted Cliffy. Um, oh, my God. Doink and Boomer I stole from CS. Uh, CS. I stole Seth from CS. It was... Uh, stacked It crew. was fucking stacked. Those guys were so good. AJ. Um, man, I, I think I even casted Lucio the, the year before in Ghost Town. Wow. But um, anyway, a lot of good people that year. And... Boogie was definitely there that year, and Boogie was still weird and scary. Boogie and Boots. And, yep, Boots was still there. Boots has always been a madman. <laughs> Ever since he was in Asylum, just madman. Yeah. Um, but in that particular year, the rule was don't make me do paperwork. This is also my favorite year of the whole cast lead shenanigans too because I got a lot more freedom on the back end with creating some of the spots for interactions. In fact, I came up with this reverse rope drop to where when they still had a rope drop at the western gate, um, you would have people line up and they would go up to the Charles Schultz Bridge. Mm -hmm. They would just kind of wait there. All right, great. So they're expecting people to come straight forward just like they do in Ghost Town. So my dumb brain thinks, well, I'm going to surprise them, especially because it's a clown area. I'm going to have two people posted up down below, two people posted up up above on the bridge, and then I'm going to have everybody else that's on the clock sneak back through the entertainment office and come around and flank the entire audience. So they're disoriented and just chaos. <laughs> and that worked a lot, but my favorite time doing it Dustin, that was another one I casted. So Dustin from Ghost Town, um, there was a night where he was early to makeup. Yeah. And he wanted something to do with the rope drop. He's like, hey, man, can I get in on it? I'm like, yeah, sure. I was like, what time are you on? He's like, well, I'm on the clock now, but I don't have makeup for like 20 minutes. All right, come to rope drop. We tossed him into the crowd underneath the Charles Schultz Bridge as a plant in the audience. I told him, make friends with the people around you, and then we're going to figure out a way to bag and gag you. We're going to wrap you up using whatever we got. We found some rope. We found a burlap sack. We're going to bag you, gag you, throw you backstage, and we're going to make it look like we beat people up here. <laughs> so, so Doink and Boomer are up on the Charles Schultz Bridge, and they're heckling the shit out of this audience and just blah, 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 blah. And Dustin's downstairs... With also Trey and Seth out in front of the bridge on the floor, and their job was to be the ones that... Trey hit. was the monkey at yeah, the time, Yeah, Trey was the right? monkey at the time. Okay. 
him and uh, and then Seth took my position as the ultimate boss clown thing. And their whole job was to kidnap Dustin. They had their own plan worked out, and I'm sitting off to the side, kind of where by the restaurant is, Stage and I'm just set. watching everything Stage go down. Stage was set. Uh-huh. Okay. I was like, all right, let's see how this works out. Dustin is making friends with these two girls in the audience, and they're starting to kind of talk about rope drop, and he's starting to instigate it a little bit. Like, oh, he's like, well, why can't we just go in now? All there is is that red rope, and they kind of push back and say, well, why don't you just go? What are they going to do? And Dustin takes that as his cue. You're right. What are they going to do? Hey, clown, fuck you. (laughs) And he goes under the rope and starts walking toward toward the zone. Trey and Seth just pounce on him, start wrapping his arms up, throwing the burlap sack over his head. And Dustin, because Dustin is Dustin, starts fighting for his life. (laughs) He is throwing fists, elbows, kicks. He's trying to defend himself from the boys. And they're having the time of their lives trying to wrap this little motherfucker up. And then they drag him backstage. But the two girls that were talking to him, as soon as the rope dropped and everybody went in, they were laying on the ground. <laughs> they were laying on the ground crying. <laughs> and wow. I'm looking at I would not believe this if I didn't see it for myself. Girls sitting there crying on the ground, and my talent captain goes, I'll take care of this. I'm like, all right, fine. <laughs> I laugh and start walking off. She walks up to him and goes, get up. <laughs> What are you talking about? And she goes, they're not allowed to hurt you or touch you. That was a plan. Get up. Go enjoy the show. So they get up and they walk over. They're super embarrassed. But I was like, damn, that was uh, amazing. Like That's there was crazy. All the, with all of this, there was still the chaos of the boys coming out from the backstage yeah. and flanking the audience. It was my favorite rope drop ever. So when that they would come around, they'd come around by uh, Pony Express? They would actually come through the entertainment office side, which is... Is that where the pizzeria is now? Yeah. Okay. So there's the little side oh, okay. door. Yeah. There... Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Oops. So I guess that's a story I could probably tell as well that ties in. Um... So back there, that's the backstage of the Charles Schultz Theater. That's also when Elvira was having her show there. I fucked up. (coughs) I didn't know that Elvira did not like clowns. And that's exactly where I was leading the kids through during their little trek to go scare people. So while I'm leading them through, I hear this door slam. And I'm like, what? That was weird. Why is somebody slamming doors? But I just kind of passed over and just kept going yeah come to find out later that night (laughs) um yeah uh i get a call yeah miss peterson doesn't like clowns and never do that again (laughs) i was like what are you talking about peters who in the fuck is cassandra (gasps) elvira (laughs) 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 so uh that's perfect yeah i uh oops I messed that up, but I mean, we never walked that way again. We walked around the green room. Dang. But yeah, oops, that happened. That's crazy. That whole year was full of some of the best show moments that I think I'd ever seen the kids do. And I think part of it was because it was still the Wild West days where the inmates kind of ran the asylum, where I told everybody, don't make me do paperwork, make the gag make sense. Yeah. If it works in theme, we can do it. 
The only one that didn't really work out was a nun visiting the zone that gave birth on stage. Oh. And it didn't work because there was a gurney involved. Oh. It looked really cool, but that was probably the only gag that didn't really work. Okay. But Clip's little gag, he was, um, I don't know if he was the owner or a barker at this point, but Cliff walked out with Boots, and Boots is carrying this, um, this, like, podium type thing not podium it's a little stand or like a step unit but yeah. it's themed like a carnival um so he's carrying it around on his back and cliff is walking around like little pt flea from a bug's life walking around in charge and he looks at the ground in front of him in the midway and goes right there and boots comes over and puts the little the little uh step unit down and then kneels in front of it Cliff steps on him, steps on the step unit, and just arms big and starts announcing shows. <laughs> and I looked at it, and I was like, that is some of the coolest shit I've seen here. The whole show moment, it showed that Cliff was in charge. This guy is subservient. There's a big show, and he did it all in character. Like, you could have been filming a promo for the for the event in total it could have been a movie for all you knew yeah. it was very well done and it was one of those where off the cuff he didn't even really have a plan for that he wow. found that thing in the prop shop that day and was like what can I do with there this you go. and it turned into a whole bit last minute plan super super creative guy last year I had a, a venue for venue supervisor was 2015 and I had two mazes. I had the Gunslinger's Grave, when they had that little, like, werewolf crossover. Yeah. And I had the Clementine ride, which was the mine ride. Um, pretty fun year. Pretty fun year. Uh, Lumi was actually one of my cast that year. Same with uh, 88. And oh. that's where I met 88 for sure. 88 was the bartender, yeah. right? In yeah. Gunslingers? Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. What year was this? This was... That was 2015. This 15? 15. Yeah. And that was interesting because when you think about mazes and street zones... I like the idea of Gunslinger so much. I really want to revisit that where it's freestanding buildings. It feels like a town. But that was probably the year where it made it stick in my brain where, like, the street zone is its own stage, 360-degree improv, but your venue is your concert. That is your stage. You are the rock star. People came there to see you. You can have a haunt with no street zones, but you can't really have a haunt with no mazes. mazes. Yeah. Right. So, that being said, the kids that were in that maze worked really hard. Really hard. Um, did a fantastic acting job in there. Great group of people. It was it was That's it was an impressive crazy. year for me because aside from the first two years I was at Haunt, I hadn't been in a maze. Yeah. I'd only walked through them to maybe like say hi to my friends. Yeah. But um But it was cool to see that side of things from absolutely. the maze uh side of yeah. Yeah, and um, you know what? It gave me an appreciation. 
to, to be honest about it. Right. Like, okay, I see how hard you're working, and I see what you got to deal with in terms of placement, how you present yourself, the repetitiveness of some of it, because you do your scare and you reset. That's where it kind of reminds me of Ghost Town a little bit, but on a very much smaller, smaller scale. scale. Yeah. yeah. Right. So the people that can hang out in a maze and do that and still have fun with it and and uh, be able to do all of that stuff, that is that's amazing to me. That's a lot of that's a lot of endurance. Especially because when because you don't get the breaks that you could on streets. That and also because especially when those mazes they stay open longer than street zones yeah. do. Especially when you got lines of people mm-hmm. and they waiting. Get, they get hot as shit. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. We would have an we would have uh, a line going for about an hour after the park closed. That's crazy. On even like a mid-sized yeah. thing because that's when everything was still kind of selling out. That's insane. And this was uh you so you said 2015. Yeah. Uh uh Gunslingers and what was the other one? Clementine. Clementine. That was interesting too because Where was Clementine? Clementine was in the mine ride and I had built that venue ever since I started in production building uh, the rides and the mazes and stuff. Yeah. I, uh, I started out building the mine ride, the log ride, and we had one other project that started as fucking Jaguar oh. the first year when I think Glow of Mighty might have even still been in that maze the first year I built Clementine? It. No, in no, a, no. a Jaguar. In Jaguar? But... I had worked there long enough to where I started leading the venue, and I knew where all of the, the spots were for the monsters. Yeah. But actually seeing them do that gig, Taking the action. That is a yeah. hellhole to work in. Especially when you build... Yes, everything smells and like every, yeah. grease. <laughs> you are hot as shit. <laughs> you feel sick at the end of the night. Yeah. That is very much an endurance test, and you have to be uh, tethered off to the wall so that you don't accidentally fall into the ride or onto the tracks. So that one is rough. Damn. Rough. There are a couple people that worked that venue where I was like, man, you are you are tough as nails so working that for a season. That was your last season being a venue supervisor. Yeah, yeah. And would you say as a venue supervisor, your highlight was definitely Carnival? It, sound, it sounded like... I think so. I, I liked Ghost Town. I would totally do it again. But I, Carnival was definitely the favorite in terms of in terms of being able to coach the cast. And I think it's because, you know, I came from there. Right. So it's a little bit easier for me to have a vision and try and push that. Right. Whereas Ghost Town was very much a learning experience for everyone involved. Right. Because... They didn't know what a cast lead was. I didn't know what a cast lead was. Yeah. I had some ideas. It was all but, new. And I'm glad that it was people that I knew, so they played along a little bit. Right. But, yeah, of the three, it was definitely the Carnival Year favorite one. So, Mark, when 2015 ended, you now had experience as being a monster, but yeah. also you had experience in being a venue supervisor. When 2016 came... Did you, like, want to go back as monster? Did you, like, 
have an idea of what you wanted to do or yeah i i wanted to go back as a venue <coughs> supervisor actually okay there were some things that happened behind the scenes that i'm not going to talk about for a few years that ended up happening um that ended up getting me back into the monster role mm -hmm. but i'm glad that that happened because like you were saying i had experience on both sides of the fence at that yeah. point so i had a little bit more clarity on how to actually craft a character i guess right because when i got casted to fiesta um that year it was very vague in terms of what they wanted me to do. 2016. Yeah, it was 2016. And Roman was the venue supervisor that year. Really? And apparently they were going to put me in a mask that year. Like, well, we'll put him in Fiesta, but we're going to put him in a mask. <laughs> All right. Sorry about Carnival. My bad. <laughs> Fuck you, too. Well, anyway. Um, so uh, we get in there, and they say, you're going to be a sugar skull. Okay, the fuck is that? I mean, now... Granted, I've got family down in Mexico, and I've got all of these ties, but, like, your version of it, what do you want me to do? Yeah. And we get to the first couple of nights, and there's nothing. It's just black outfit, sash around my waist, 2D makeup, and I'm sitting here going, hmm, I feel naked <laughs> in this 2D makeup. I had always had like a prosthetic or a mask. Totally different. Being now. in 2D makeup, the one year I had 2D makeup before then was the half man, half woman year, and that was not my favorite year. <laughs> so going into that one, that's where I started using my brain a little bit more to actually try and come up with a character in the parameters of the sandbox I was given. I looked at the zone in total and went, all right, so got a couple things going on. We got a bullfighter. That was Joseph Siza, one half of the twins. Um, John Fossmeyer was there. He was, that was his first year. That was his first year. He had a year. poncho. He had his thing, yep. And then a lot of the characters just kind of like looked the same, kind of like everywhere else. So I was like, all right, well, what can I do kind of differently? I decided that I would go on to be some kind of little shadow priest. Okay. But there was also a very different vibe in the zone. Uh, they had the, the element where it almost felt like a, an abandoned type town in the beginning of the night because it's so far away from everything yeah. that it's kind of like camp. People just kind of wander by on the way to something else. Right. But uh. it's even worse because it's on the exact opposite side of the park. So it is really just catching the stragglers or people trying to get somewhere, they just stumble upon you. But I liked the first half of the night because I would just kind of float around the town. Very, In fact, it was the most quiet I have ever been. Because as soon as everybody found out that I was getting shipped off to Fiesta, they immediately thought, ah, C-filed. <laughs> he's going to open his mouth and he's going to get fired because it's going to say some inane shit. I thought that. So my brain goes, all right, well, I'm going to try and do the exact opposite. I'm not going to say shit. I want to be creepy. They're just going to give me some creepy makeup, and I'm going to go out there and just be a silent little ghost. <laughs> and for the most part, honestly, I think that was the spookiest character I think I've done so far. In it was Fiesta. one of my favorites. In Fiesta. Really? Because the vibe was 
very much on the the abandoned town angle at the beginning of the night. And when it started to get darker a little bit earlier, they never really switched on the DJ until I think like 8 p.m. every night. Yeah, yeah so they had that it, dance floor. Yeah. So while it was dark and it was kind of quiet. It was a weird zone to wander into. It really did feel like wandering into a little abandoned town. Oh, right. But then the vibe switched. In fact, Reggie was with me that year. Really? Uh, he was working in Fiesta? Yeah, he year? was in there with Fiesta. With oh, me. shit. Uh, I think that might have been one of the first years he came back. He was in security for a while. Then he was a monster. And then he came, he left and he came back. I think that year he started out as like a media oh. thing. They had him in one of the key rooms, I think, maybe. Yeah. Something where they had him switch a couple venues, but he eventually landed up in uh, Fiesta, Fiesta with me and Adam. Yeah. So... Anyway, they, uh, the vibe switches at like 8 o'clock, and all of a sudden, there's a DJ going on. It's a big party environment. <laughs> and I actually thought that was really interesting because it affects your scare style. You cannot pull the same character at that point of the night that you did in the beginning of the night. So your little creepy antics... It's just not going to play because of the party you got environment. music going on, so yeah. So you really did. At least for me, I felt like I had two different characters. There was the, the little spooky priest in the beginning of the night, yep. and then you've got this, like, party vibe, like, very Dance much, around. like, dancing, moving, yes, scary, yeah. just constant movement, like a mosh pit. Like, it was <laughs> a... It was a cool experience. Which I also think would probably do wonders for character development. Yeah. Like having to flip that switch midnight every night. Yeah, definitely. And that's why I thought it was interesting because it's like you didn't really have an option. You you have to adjust or die. Yeah. Because otherwise you're just going to get ran over by the crowd. Right. So, yeah, that was probably one of my favorite years. Um, after that... 2017, 18? Yep, 17. Yeah, I went to Ghost Town those years. The reason I went to Ghost Town was because I wanted to be the prisoner. I thought it was a fun character that... I remember Johnny did it for a little bit. My buddy... Um, oh, no. No, I see your face. I can't remember your name. You're going to kill me. Two of my friends. <laughs> I'm going to end up remembering him later. I'm sorry, but um, they did the prisoner character, and they had their own little spin on it. It was like the escaped, like, attack dog Lucio? type vibe to it. Was Lucio? It wasn't Lucio. No, he yeah, was, Lucio um, was like the asylum he was patient. The, yeah, yeah, he was the asylum patient. Yeah. So okay. John Cook did it, but the original one was David Dean. Also, that was the only character, I think, now I could be wrong on this, that was allowed to use a chainsaw in the area back in the day. Now, post-art Dracula fucking it up for everybody and getting character was interesting, and I really wanted to just be scary. Like, I didn't really have an idea for a personality, a character bit or anything. I just wanted to be a scary guy. Right. So I asked them on the way in. I, I did the audition. I did it for Johnny because he was still working four knots at that point. Plague. And, uh, he looks at me and goes, motherfucker, that's my character. And I was like, well, it's my character now. Come on, you only do it like once a season. <laughs> I was like, let me do it for a whole one. He's gonna, he goes, all right, fair enough. Fine. We've known each other for a long time. John's one of the coolest dudes I know. Um, so anyway, he lets me do it. I go in there and I ask for a goblin face. I thought it would have been really cool to be the goblin prisoner. But they didn't have any more 
goblin faces, at least that they would let me use, aside from the one that uh, Gecko uses now. Yeah. So they were like, well, we don't have any. The closest thing we have is a new sculpt, and it was this stupid-looking fucking shark face. <laughs> God, it was like this big nose with an overbite. Anybody that wears that face and likes it, now, they still use that mask. They sure they? do. Yes, they do. I remember seeing that recently. But I think the thing is, is just, it didn't fit the vision. Like, I look at it now, and I'm a little less harsh on it. <laughs> but that year, I was like, all right, I guess we're just doing this. <laughs> the second year, though, in 2018, I got Spaz's face from when he was the crazy minor character. Yeah. And that was my favorite face. Bar none. I love that fucking face. I think the name of the piece is Sinister. And, man, getting in that one is... That's that's cool. I'd only worn it one time before during a media preview event. And I just... It stuck with me every day since then. I was like... I was always trying to get back to that face in one <laughs> version or another. Which is also really funny because I've worn a lot of the Jester's faces over the years. Uh, Spaz was definitely one of the old camp Jester's. I've worn a lot of the uh, Malice in Wonderland faces that ended up getting kicked to camp when Malice went away. Wow, that's a throwback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I've worn most of the Jester's faces that have had uh, 3D prosthetics at this point. I even wore KB's face for one night for a preview event. So, got a lot of, yeah, I got a lot of fun ties to the Jester's. But, um... Anyway, so I'm running around with Spaz's face, and that actually happened to be the night, or the year, where a night happened where I was going to be late for makeup. And I knew I was going to be late. I just resigned to, I'm going to get in there probably like an hour late. I'm going to have to run around in whatever standard issue fucking mask they're going to give me. We're just going to do it. All right, you can scare in anything. I mean, the costume is generic enough. You can make any face work. And, I mean, it's a bunch of fog. Right. You know, whatever. Anything's scary <laughs> in the fog. I've scared people walking around in normal clothes over there. It is not hard. You it's can, like, if you can round the corner, even when taking our boxes back to the oh, back, yeah. at the end of the night, there's a straggler guest. You round oh. the corner, and they just, they're like, oh, I yeah, see like there. fishing with dynamite. <laughs> yeah. So I get this knots-issued mask that, Actually, it wasn't bad. It was like some skeleton mask. But on the first break, I run into somebody backstage. It might have been Maddie. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to make this a little bit different tonight. I know I'm wearing this mask. That gives me the opportunity to wear any mask. I was like, it's going to be the night of a thousand faces. I'm going to wear five or like for each one of my breaks i was like i'm gonna wear five different masks i'm gonna wear one for every hour and it's gonna be a different personality for each one of them <laughs> and honestly that was probably some of the most fun i think i've ever had now denise um oh my gosh i do not remember your last name denise you will kill me but she was head of makeup at that point she wasn't cast lead for mm. ghost town she was cast lead for okay ghost town. so she tells me, she was like, hey, Marky, there's going to be a lot of people here tonight. Could you not? <laughs> Could you just not do that? She's like, Make I know you're simple. safe, but I don't trust them. I'm like, no, 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 I get that. And then I went and did it anyway. Um, running around with, like, five different faces in the space of, like, five, six hours was kind of a trip. And it really stretched, like, the improv brain to try and have a different pop 
for each one of those uh, little characters that you come up in the spur of like you know, the span of a couple minutes. Right. So I think that was probably the most fun I've ever had, like just improving like a little section, and probably the most fun out of the two for the Ghost Town. Years. Right. I think uh, that was some of the most fun work I did over there. But also too, like I kind of got over it that year, and it's not anything negative. It's a weird combination in of things in Ghost Town where it's a big zone. Yeah. There are a lot of people, a lot of little cliques that kind of hang out together in specific areas. And then you have the people that just kind of do laps. And I was definitely one of them. Um, I just, I can't hang around in one area. I just, I can't do it, man. More, if people want to post up, good for them. I just, I can't. I got to keep moving. Um, so... I kind of got over it, and I was like, all right, well, I, you know, I did what I'm going to do with this character. So 2019, I didn't know what I was going to do. Actually, that was another year where I thought I may just not come back because I did all the clown stuff. Yep. I went to Fiesta. Yep. I went to, to uh, Ghost Town. I did cast lead. It's like, well, what else is there? Right. And in the middle of the build season, uh, Brandon Gasolon, he was still running things with Pasta, and he comes up to me, I think, while we're building Waxworks. And he goes, hey, I want you to bring the owner character back. And I looked at him again. I was like, that stupid fucking thing. <laughs> Fuck that character. <laughs> he's like, he's like, why? I'm like, I hate it. It's the dumbest thing that doesn't make sense with any character in the zone. And blah, 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 blah. You're like, I retired from uh, you know, Carnival, and it was already a thing. So. See, yeah. And the thing that hooked me, because... Brandon's a good guy, and he, he let me finish. He capped it with, well, that's the challenge. Make yourself like it. And I looked at him dead in the eyes. I went, fuck. Oh, he All right, got fine. you on that one. Challenge accepted. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I ended up going into Carnival and doing the owner I remember character that. from 2019. Uh, we skipped 20 because of COVID, 21, 22. And those were, those were the most fun years in with the years. long coat yeah you ran with maddie uh-huh those were good I, how, how was it running with maddie it was great that was the i have three running partners over the years there's roman there's my friend jamie she was the original monkey in carnival that those were a, a couple fun years too but maddie's been i think my most consistent running partner where we're together we just vibe off of each other very, very well. Yeah. And we we like to nerd out about character work. So her and I will have conversations off to the side, nerding out about haunt-related shit in, like, you know, March, and kind of, like, throw ideas back and forth. And we'll come up with it, and we'll gig together during the season. And going into that, it was... I think a better introduction for the owner character, even though I still don't think it fucking works. I think if you're going to be the owner, you might as well be the ringmaster. Yeah. It just, there's no shade to Reggie because he took my spot after I left. <laughs> but it's tough to make that role work unless everybody in the zone is willing to go along with it. Yeah. Right. Because when you have a built-in position like the king, Okay, well, everybody knows who the king is. Yeah, it's And you don't sad. even really need to say anything. There's no exposition about it. They know who you the king is. You just see the crown, and you're like, oh, that's the king. Yeah. yeah. You see the owner out there, even though I had my cool little flesh hat that my friend Meg 
that also was a former camp monster. Now she's a scenic fabrication person over at uh, Disney. She uh, made me this cool looking hat, but you don't know me from anybody fucking else. So having Maddie there to kind of be the buffer and yeah. call out these things and say like, ah, oh, yes, boss, and you know, whatever, it made it a little bit easier for the guests to recognize to understand, that, like, yeah. oh, this person is in charge because everybody's saying, oh, yes, boss, blah, 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 blah. And I think that was probably, those were probably the years where I had the most character development because of all of the previous experience. Right. At that point, like when I was, a, you know, in my early 20s, I was just a fucking terror. I just wanted to go out there and heckle people and get my laughs in, and that was just it. But by that point, because of also being on the other side of the, the fence with uh, being a venue supervisor yeah. or cast lead, I, I knew that I wanted to try and do something with the show right. and try and assist that in service of it. So then my brain started actually wrapping around like, okay, well, who is this owner character? What is their personality? And also, why is it fucking different from all the other characters that I've done over the years? Because you'll see people and it doesn't matter what character they do. It's just, it's so familiar that it's like, all right, well, it's Joe Schmo in costume number five. Right. There's nothing really different about it. It's just same dude, different costume. Yeah. So I wanted to try and avoid that. The The character idea behind the owner was that it's this guy that murdered the person in front of him, assumed power of the carnival, and he's just trying to pull scams on everybody that walks through. So that became a lot different than me just talking shit on a megaphone from before when I was a barker. It already upped the game a little bit. Yeah. But doing that and having Maddie there, like, we we would swim through crowds like sharks. You guys did. It was... That's you the, guys killed it together, thanks. honestly. That was great. That's, yeah, definitely, I think... Uh, I've had some strong running partners, and that's definitely one of them. We worked together like we would walk together. She would have her hand on my shoulder. We would start kind of testing the crowd by yelling out things and bantering between each other. And then when one of us saw a reaction, whether it's the little eye turn oh. or like you see somebody start to cringe or they start laughing... When one of us noticed it, they broke off and like, okay, the hand is gone from my shoulder. She sees somebody. Or if I break off, she knows that I'm not there anymore. Yeah. And then one would be interacting with the guest. If you see one of us, the other one's going through your pockets. Um, <laughs> the other one would come around from the other side. After the setup comes, the other one would knock them down. Yeah. And we would have that interaction. But then we just kind of kept weaving through each other. Um, through the crowds, come together at a certain point, break away, and then circle back and come around together again. And it worked real well because there was always that moment where we came together, the hand went right back on the shoulder, and I'm sitting there smoking a cigar <laughs> and uh, just kind of doing my owner, I'm better than you thing. Now, are you upset that now that she's retired, you're not going to get that chance to run with her again? A little bit yeah. because, honestly, super strong running partner. And we didn't really talk about um, what either of us were going to do this year. Right. So we ended up in different zones. And 
it's only tough because I know she is so good, so talented, so smart, works off of character development, works off of improv really well. It It's only sad that we're not going to really be able to do that. Again. We'll see down yeah. the road. Because, you know, also, too, I mean, fuck, I thought I was done at least three times. Things, <laughs> things change. Things change. Yeah. So I never really count anybody completely out. Right. That's why some, not all, some of the little procession in Ghost Town, it was cool to watch. Some people that are like, I'm done forever. I'm sitting back going, all right, buddy. Cool. Sure. We'll see. We'll see when next year rolls around. Yep. If it's you a don't whole go, different just story. kidding. It, it's, it can sink in now, and, it's, and it sounds great in your head as you're retiring. Eight months goes by, seven months goes by. The moment that email pops in, uh-huh. and you're like, hmm, let me tr- let me just see How it can out. this What's year? Six weeks? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it is, because it's really easy to chalk it up like that. Oh, yeah. You yeah, know? Absolutely. It's easy when that email pops in just to tell yourself in your head, it's just six weeks. Oh, it's totally. Six weeks out of 52 is not bad. Yeah, because now I'm on that side of the fence. Now, before, for me, that was always the um, the segue between build and strike. Everybody that was in production was either a tech or they were a talent captain, venue supervisor, or they were a monster. And I wanted to do tech for a few years, but it was always the same guys. I didn't really have any interest in the whole talent captain part of it. So I was just a monster, and it... For a lot of the time, it just felt like the time filler. Yeah. Between Because I love the production side of things. I love building. I love creating these big old haunted houses and stages. But now that I'm not there the entire year, yeah, that email comes around or a call will come where I'm like, ooh, ooh, should I do this? I can do this. I'm not dead yet. Yeah. <laughs> I can do it one more year. And especially this year because I thought I was completely done. Because that owner character ran from 2019 to last year, 22. Yeah. So that kind of brings everything, you know, finally up to 2023. <laughs> God, this is a lot of fucking years. You know what, though? It was definitely a lot of good years from you talking about it. It sounds like you had a good run in each zone and supervisor position you were in and i don't think you would take it away would you like at one like you had a great time in each position oh yeah so i don't think you would go back and change that would you no i don't think i would you know i think like anybody there are different choices i would try and make but i've I've been having this thing lately too where um i've been on this weird like memory loop kick where what was it? I think I was watching the this season of Loki or something. <laughs> and, like, dudes trying to run back through time. Yep. If I would have just made this decision faster. If I would have just said this instead of that. Yep. If I wasn't at this place on this specific day. But at the end of the day, you're here. Yeah. You, you're uh, here because of the, the things that you've done. Uh-huh. You know, and, the decisions you've made. Uh-huh. And as many times as you say, well, I should have... Well, the reality of it is you did exactly what you were going to do in that moment. Yeah. And you're here now. So you're just going to have to come to terms with that. Right. So even though some of those things, mm, I got some regrets, like maybe I shouldn't have said this, maybe I shouldn't have done that. All right. I was young and wild, man. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, I did what I did. I said what I said. And now I'm here. So when it comes to this year, you said you weren't going to do this year either. 
Oh yeah, yeah. Was it after you heard of the gauntlet, or did you like, like, what made you want to go through with this year? So I heard something about the possibility of the gauntlet coming up uh, in the off season because there's always a lot of uh, misinformation going out. There are Vikings. There's the gauntlet. There are wizards. There's Dinosaur Island. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There are fake mazes that they they put big old elaborate facades in front of the the actual maze. So right. there are so many things where I went into audition thinking. All right, well, I mean, if the gauntlet comes back, that would be super cool. Okay, but we'll, we'll see how it goes. So I go in there, and they don't really... I don't even remember who was in my group. I think Michael was in our was in my group. With really? Me. Yeah. Um, they didn't really tell us anything about what was happening this year, and I just went in and did my owner audition, which fucking sucked. God damn it, that was a bad audition. Like I said, I'm mean to myself. This is um, open audition, Yeah, right? open you, auditions. You I, said, I went in there, did my little owner spiel. Billy looks at me and goes, okay, that's enough. Did you say you had Michael in your yeah. uh, body bag, right? Yeah. I was in that same audition. Were you? I was. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Did you have the girl that just, like, walked through? No, it wasn't Michael. Actually, no. Wait, maybe. I don't know. There's a blonde kid that walked around like a zombie. I just remember the girl that we had in there. She absolutely did not want to zone, and she just walked through, and she's like, I'm socially awkward. I just want a maze. Oh, okay. That definitely was not me then. Okay. <laughs> but that's super funny. Yeah. You know what? You know what? At okay. least she's honest with herself. Absolutely. You know? I, j I can't knock them for trying. I not at all. I get what it is. They're trying to find diamonds in the rough where... I've seen a lot over the years where people are just way too nervous to audition. Yeah, 100%. So they don't even want to try. So they don't realize how capable they already are. But also, I mean, yeah, there is a little... It's like the sorting hat in fucking Harry Potter. <laughs> if you're not ready for it, you're not going to do it. No. You'd be like, no, I want a maze. Why? Because that's my comfort zone. Yeah. This is my stage. This is where I want to go. A lot of people do okay, it. Okay, good. That I've come across, they just do it one year. It's just a bucket list item. Oh, for totally. a lot of people. Yeah. You know, they'll do it one season. They had a maze. They don't care. They, they check it part, off. They were a part of something that they've always been interested in. Yeah. And they only needed to do it once. Absolutely. Me, on the other hand, I'm fucking addicted to this shit. <laughs> Same. <laughs> you know, like, I can't get enough of it. If I could do this shit 365 and make a living off of it. In a heartbeat. Mark's like, wait, wait till your 20th year, and then you're going to feel, feel the same way I do. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I heard about that, that uh, 365 scare experience that uh, uh, Universal's doing in Vegas, and I'm, I have a lot of friends that are like, uh, it, it's weird because half of them are asking me if I'm going to do it, which I'm like, no, I have my other job. Um, <laughs> but then the other half want to work it because they're like, well, I know haunt. <laughs> I know everything that goes into right. it. Let me... Let me go work there. I definitely want to visit that. I think we talked about that. Oh, same. Yeah. Same. Yeah. You're telling me that there's a haunt that I can go to every day of the year? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's insane. 100%. I you know. <laughs> like, that was a big deciding factor for this podcast. Yeah. Was because oh, we yeah. wanted to involve haunt all mm -hmm. year. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You can only get your fix so many times with some conventions and slider practice and right, you know right but it doesn't hold up the whole year it doesn't hold up the whole year you know no, no, no. so at what point during the season did it did that switch flip for you to where you're like i have more years left in the tank that was definitely the end of week one oh. 
very it was quickly. The end of, very quickly. <laughs> end of week one, where I was like, oh, I like this. Oh, fuck, I can't fit all of my ideas into one season. I guess I got to keep going. <laughs> what, what, what was it, though? Like, was it the cast you were working with? Or was it, like, was it just the character that you digged a lot that you were into being the king? Or was it, like, the zone, just the setting? I think it was a little bit of all of it. Because I remember after auditions were done and they said, this is what you're going to be, now go get fitted for your costume. Yeah. I remember walking in and our costume designer, Lori, she's opening up the concept art book for everybody's costumes. And I'm sitting there tearing up a little bit. <laughs> because as much as I like to pretend I don't give a shit... Of course I still love Hans. I've been there since I was 19, man. Like, I don't know what to tell you. So I'm looking through this, and I'm like, damn, like, these are my friends' costumes that are updated, and they look sick. Look at that concept art. And I told her, I was like, man, this is a great, like, dark update to it. I think it's really cool. So, like, yeah. I kind of had that, that moment there. The first Associates Night, Associates... Stop being fucking dicks, you pieces of shit. You're the biggest fucking bastards on earth. Motherfuckers, I thought you were going to be the good ones, stupid bitches. Come through and have fun. Don't go through there to be a piece of shit. I had so many people come up to me, and they're, like, trying to scare me from behind. Oh, man. Or they would go up to me, and they're like, you're not scary. You're not scary. Right. Dude, and I'm, I'm, like, like, I'm like, you guys work here. And yeah. also, too, that was very off, I will say, because every other employee preview night, hasn't been that way for me. No. So, like, the fact that they were being so weird this year... And I don't know if it was actually the associates or their guests. Yeah. I think that was probably I think a lot so of it was it. the guests, because typically the associates are, are pretty respectful. Pretty respectful. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. They, they mind what you're doing, but the fact right. that they were able to bring people... I think it was more in, than standard this year, right? Yeah, they yeah. brought... They brought they were able to bring... Friends and family. Yeah. Yeah. So... So you get a free ticket, and they just don't really three care. People? I'm going to say what was, I'm going to say. I think they were anyway. able to bring, like, three extra three, people. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, that's a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, that first night, I was like, all right, well, that's not very fun. <laughs> okay, I guess this is the last year. But once we got the normal guests coming through, the little... Did we have passes this year? Yes. We did we have did. passes this year. Pass holders, the regulars, they came through. I was like, damn, this is fun. And playing with the whole cast, camp is a zone that I feel like it's just the right size. Yeah. It's not too big, not too small. It's not so small that it feels like a, the little mosh pit that Forsaken Lake is. <laughs> but it's not so big that it's like Ghost Town or Carnival where you very rarely run into another person. Yeah. And that was the biggest thing when Maddie and I ran together. You know, when we gig with each other, we might run across somebody else. And there might be an interaction, but it's very short, and we just kind of keep going and do our own thing. Yeah. When Kemi and I were running together this year, we would run across everybody in one run and then come back, and we'd see them again. And every time you ran into somebody they were willing to play the game. Yeah. And whether it was cheering you, cheering me and her on or booing us, like, there was so much gold to be had there. And I think our personalities worked out really well where we were different enough 
to where everything just kind of like gelled. Yeah. So the whole cast plus running with Kim and running with Erica and just, man, it was so, so good. And it's small enough to where if you have a gig with somebody and a guest sees you, you could follow up on that when you loop back around and 100%. see them again. Yeah. So, yeah. So being the king, Mark, mm -hmm. do you think that you had the right Shadow Knights on your side? Or do you think that they ran off and did their own thing? I got killed so many times. <laughs> I, I have no recollection of any of that happening. That. <laughs> so, you know, the problem with me, too, is, though, I break away from things. Yeah. Like like I, we were talking about before, <laughs> I've got, like, five different modes when I'm out there. Um, you know, there's me jibber-jabbering and, yes, yeah. doing, you know, being Ego 9000. But then there's also the little like feral aspect getting down low or grabbing oh, weapons from man. somebody and smacking them <laughs> the and feral king was great oh, now man, that was so much speaking fun speaking on the you getting killed aspect yeah we were talking about that just the last podcast with with kenny uh-huh there was a huge tip in the scale when it came to uh when it came to shadow knights and queen's guards uh-huh queen's guards ran together. Oh, they sure did. Died and they together. and they ran with the queen. Yep. Yep. With the Shadow Knights, we all ran solo and very rarely did we interact with each other. Uh-huh. So I would pass Kenny uh -huh. and then I'd pass Tyler. Then I'd see Big Bird over doing his thing and then <laughs> I'd see you off by yourself. And that was I don't I wouldn't say that was something that um, was a strength this year. I think that was something that you know what. I honestly, wish, I it wish worked we out. Ran great. together more. Uh huh. Uh huh. But uh, no, but you guys did. So it had its moments. That's just from seeing it from the outside. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, I wasn't a shadow knight, but just seeing it from a different character, uh, you guys did have your moments where you guys were stacked together in a line together. You know, like I mean, I that hate to the use wall. the shows as an yeah. example, but it was. When we yeah, had the yeah. slider shows, you had the king in the middle, obviously. You had your shadow knights on the edges waiting for their part in the show. So you guys had your moments when you were together. And then even for when we were talking to Kenny and, um, and uh, Dylan is um, when the second part of the slider show, they had the shadow knights show, uh, going against the peasants. It was just the Shadow Knights going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you had the Queen's Guards going, but you had Kenny and you had Tyler going at the same time doing their toe drags, you know? So I think that, honestly, the key, uh, the, the Shadow Knights had their moment I just felt... Together. <clears throat> I felt, as a Shadow Knight, I would have liked to have been more as a group more yeah, at yeah, times yeah. just because of our sheer size. Oh, totally. It was oh. very intimidating when we were all together. I think part of it, too, is it being the first go at it right. for everybody. Like, aside from, like, Leroy, right? Yeah. It's the first go around, even for Doink and Boomer, because, well, wait, did Doink come in the first year? I don't know. We'll just say most people. 
because I'll let them, you know, right. tell their ears. But for most people, it was the first go around at it, and we're all trying to figure out how we work together. And like I said, there's just not enough time in the season to no. get all of the ideas out there. Yeah. We still have things written down oh, man. that we were like, oh, we never got to this. We never <laughs> got to that. We'll do it next year. But I also think that was a really interesting thing and this is where i get to nerd out about character stuff a little bit like the the way i looked at everything because i read through all of the character descriptions prior to the season just to figure out okay who does what right what what are what are all of these characters personalities okay we've got our queen's guard and we've got our shadow knights all right so it looks like in my brain i think kenny and i kind of had the same idea where his version of it is that he is this, like, malevolent ball of just evil just inhabiting this... Um, Human form. This armor. Yeah. And, like, if the if that spirit or whatever went away, the, the armor would just drop to the ground. Right. But because you can see the faces of the Queen's Guard with a good resting bitch face... <laughs> <laughs> um, I love that shit. <laughs> it is so good. Man, like, because you can see that face, you look at them and go, oh, damn. Oh, they're intimidating. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but when you roll up on the Shadow Knights, they're towering over you. So it's a, like, it's in the same vein, but it's a different vibe. And then also, even though the Shadow Knights were, like, kind of out on their own in different spots... This is where you get super nerdy about it and think of like a, I don't know, some any role-playing game. Like, you've got knights just kind of out there in yeah. the kingdom. Yeah. Having adventures, doing their own thing. And, you know, They're on their own quest. The They're on their quest. But they do gang up at some point when during it's the needed. night. Which for us this year happened to be the show. Yeah. And that was like the touchstone for everybody. So that's where they all ganged up like, oh... Oh, they're together now. Oh shit! Yeah, I loved it when big. we. I loved it when we were together because everybody would just like move out of the way. Oh yeah. When I would walk by myself, I would constantly have people coming towards me or behind me, uh -huh. and all I would hear was, "That's a big fucking dude." <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's a big fucking dude. That's a big fucking. Dude. And, and another thing too is when you guys did the march too. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know when you guys were all together in a line like that. It was awesome. I mean, you had your moments when the, uh, you know, when the knights were together and the queen's guards were together and the king and queen were together, and it just looked freaking terrifying, you like, know? Yeah. People it, freaked out over that. They followed you guys through the entire zone, not knowing where you guys were going, but it yep. was still terrifying, dude. Yeah. And, you know, I still think it was good that you guys ran on your own, too, you know? I think, uh, I think next year, um, you know... Me and Kenny have some, you know, he's got some things he's working on. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And then with the helmets, you know, being mm -hmm. uniformed. Um, I know me and me and him are two of the ones that definitely want to go back to our characters. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, the other two are still on the fence. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think next year, I think this was more of like a pilot year. That's what yeah. it feels Absolutely. like. Absolutely. Um, I feel like next year... The construction, I'm hoping, fingers crossed, will be done in yep, camp, yep. Um, which expands our uh, footprint a little mm -hmm. bit more. Yeah. I think by that time, we should get some more scenery. Um, yeah. Bigger, know. bigger, uh, bigger... Uh, throne. Bigger throne <laughs> yeah. for the king here, you know? I'm sure the king would like a, a nice throne. I'm sure you want your own chair. I mean... It'd be nice. <laughs> 
use a peasant or two. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I would have loved to see you sit on a peasant this year. Just make. I, I mean, I, I seen your feet on one. I seen your feet on them. Yeah. I seen the one with the YouTuber. The oh influencer. yeah, that's the yep. one. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. There were just so many not missed opportunities, just so many ideas that it was tough to get to everything. Like I didn't do a lot with the clergy aspect yeah. of it, even though we had our priest and our nun, and they're cool as shit. They're both great actors and i remember having the talk of like all right well how do we incorporate this into right. the zone <laughs> let's put together a fake religion that worships the seven deadly sins and then my stupid brain goes down into a, a rabbit hole and starts thinking what are the avatars of these things how is this represented should i go back to the old knots version of it or should i just come up with something new and just go with that but i took so damn long to get the whole idea to be cohesive that by the time I kind of figured out what I was doing with it, fuck, it's already the end of the season. Yeah. I'm like, ooh. It I goes think, by so oops. fast. I think with all of us being a new zone to, to most, I would say 99% of us, it was a new zone to mm -hmm. us. Oh, yeah. Um, and once we got into our characters and we all just kind of fell in love with it, mm -hmm. it's like we all packed our jars full of ideas and we weren't even a quarter of the way through by the time that week six came. Oh, yeah. It's yep. like you're still pulling ideas out, and then you're like, shit, we're, we're done. We're at the end. Yeah. This felt like the fastest. It, 100%. So, so far. I, and I thought last year was pretty fast. This year's. This year was insanely fast. I felt going into the last week, I felt like we were just sitting in the theater going over orientation yeah mm -hmm. it mm -hmm. was wild and even now you know like we're in december already yeah. we're halfway through almost december yeah Pretty much, and yeah. we're already looking at you know this is a month and a half ago and we mm -hmm. ended the run yeah uh -huh. you know it's uh -huh. quick it's quick but it's also nice because that means we've only got about six months left until you know it was a good run too, yeah because you can look back at it and go Man, that was so fun. I can't believe that was like a month ago. It feels like it was yesterday. I had yep. not one. I didn't have one bad day. I had slow nights. Yeah. Uh -huh. But I didn't have, I never left at night driving in my car thinking that was a shitty day. Was that not for once. you too, Mark? Or, or like? It's, yeah, I think that's about right. I mean, you know, everybody's got personal stuff going on outside of work and whatnot. Yeah. But in terms of. Being on stage, being the character, I don't, yeah, I don't think there was one bad day. There yeah. were slow nights because you're like, damn, I work a regular job on top of this. Yeah. And you're just tired as shit and trying yeah. to go through the motions. But it was never a bad day where you're like, I don't want to be here. Right. I had days in the past where I just felt, I'm like, I don't want to do this. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want to do this. I don't want to be here right now. Mm -hmm. This season made me just want to come back oh my god looking dude. forward to the next day yeah i couldn't wait even even oh, yeah. adding wednesdays in, i didn't take a day off this year yeah, and neither even, did i i thought i was yeah. gonna take I, I thought i was gonna call out all of the wednesdays yeah yeah 100 yeah. percent. wednesdays I ended up being almost the most fun yeah <laughs> the crowd was yeah. great everybody that was there wanted to see you wanted to play and yep. just, that was a yep. lot of fun at first i was like man fucking wednesdays but then, like, Same. after that the, after that first and second week, I was like, I'm having so much fun with this shit. Now I only have two days off that I don't get to do it. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. Wednesday would roll around. I was like, fuck yeah, dude, we're back. You know, yeah. this is it. Let's run. Would you think that it would be a good thing if they brought back 
Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I appreciated the merchants. Yes. I appreciated that, but I hope that we get some more or more uh, profession type roles yeah. in there as well. I agree. Um, I agree with that for sure. Yeah, especially even peasants a little bit too. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. You know. Or uh, the prisoners. I mean, the prisoners kicked ass this year, though. They were so good. Dude, the prisoners kicked ass, actually. They, oh, man. I think that's another another case of the funnies coming out that ended up being, like, a staple. The bread knife gang. Yeah. And the prison fights. And yep, the prison <laughs> fights. The, the, knife, the knife fights at the oh end of the run. God. The knife fights were great. The knife fights were phenomenal. Oh, I wish we would have done that from the get-go. And those yes, were last-minute yes, things, too. It was one of those things where it came from... Not, like, a, a little bit of boredom, because, like I said, there was never a bad night. Yep. But I remember coming into, and they were already kind of doing this. Right, yeah. Um, I, I remember coming in and going, I'm going to be an NPC today. <laughs> Non-player character giving out quests. <laughs> Go get the king this thing. And I ran into Neil, and I told them, I want a pouch of coins. And Neil goes off and goes, well, how am I going to get a patch of coins? I'm like, I don't know. You're a prisoner. Go figure it out. <laughs> Neil goes off and, you know, comes back with a little pouch. Doesn't really have anything in it. I got you a pouch. This is empty. You failed. You mean I failed. I got you a pouch. I said I wanted loot. <laughs> so Neil takes it and then shows back up, I think, while we were at the stage. Yeah. Because we were doing some address the uh, the concerns of the kingdom oh, yes. at that point. Again, and, yeah, another again, great thing. That was a, another that fun was thing good where too. I, I will keep doing that till the end of time because that is insult <laughs> comedy moment for me. Um <laughs> So I remember Neil coming up with the pouch, and it's full of stuff because, you know, of course it's not going to be filled with coins, and they're, they're not the brightest in the kingdom. They'll right. steal anything. <laughs> so, you know, there's pine cones in there, and there just happened to be one gold coin. Throw it out into the middle of the crowd, and they go, all right, fight for your reward. And then Becca goes feral and pulls out that one knife and starts circling Neil like a shark. And I was like, oh, shit, Becca's going to fuck them up. <laughs> I was like, yeah, let's go. This is the entertainment I'm here for. And, uh, and then, of course, you know, Neil won. Neil's the reigning champ. But that moment where I was like, man, that was so much fun. Let's keep doing that. Like you said... I wish we'd been doing that 100%. since day one. That was the <laughs> highlight of. I wish, I wish we could have had a bracket, dude. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, we were talking yeah. about that toward the we end. We could have had a bracket, a scoreboard. You know, like it would have been phenomenal. But it did scare me a little bit the night that we thought Shackles was dead. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I remember seeing him. Coming out, and I knew that he wanted to get into the fight, but he had those stocks that he was carrying around with him. I was like, "Oh yeah." I was like, "All right, well, maybe he's gonna take them off. Who knows?" No. And then no, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, "All right, Shackles is gonna start spinning around like a tornado of death. He's gonna fuck some shit up right now. It's gonna be like the coolest kung fu prison movie I've ever saw." Oh, he got hit in the face. <laughs> Oh, he is down on the ground. Oh, he is not getting up. Dude. <laughs> Your shackle's okay. A solid, I would say it felt like a half an hour, but it was a solid, like, five oh minutes. God. Yep. Solid five minutes. He's laying on the ground. He yeah. was moving. It got to the point, like, where we were like, okay, this is this is a bit. Uh-huh. About two minutes goes by, and we're like, okay, 
Shackles, you can get up now. Like, we're saying it <laughs> quietly, like, not even as a bit anymore. Uh-huh. And we're, like, tapping him with our shoes, and he's just fucking limp. <laughs> and we're, like, I look over, and I see Dylan, and I'm, like, is, is, is this the time? <laughs> is, this, <laughs> is this happening? And I leaned over, and I was, like, at this point, I'm using his real name. I'm like, Troy, are you okay? Still not moving. And I'm like, holy shit. He's dead. That's why he, <laughs> That's why he got I rookie of the year. Was even after Kemi and I Kemi on and I had left. Yeah. Like he's still He was still there laying there. Point. And it got to the point where then finally Imani shows up and like gives him a good fucking nudge. And oh, he yeah. like starts like doing his whole like thing. And I'm like Jesus Christ, dude. <laughs> he scared all of us. Fucking <laughs> character commitment. Like, what the hell is going on? If you're going to do a bit, you got to double down. He double down. He fucking earned that rookie of the year, dude. Oh, man. The guy. So good. The guy was so good. He <laughs> got there and worked. Dude, he put oh, yeah. the and blood, he sweat, too. and tears. He asked for opinions, too. He's oh, like, what can time. I do better? Like, he oh, was yeah. receptive. His criticism, yeah. you know, acceptance was phenomenal. And when the witch would come over that fucking mic and say, <laughs> the hour has come, you know, he would still be down there. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> there was no, like, hey, I need to go upstairs 10, 15 minutes early to get my makeup off. Mm-hmm. It was, when she speaks... I will start to make my way mm-hmm. back. Mm-hmm. So he he was the perfect embodiment of what a talent should be. Yeah. He, and that's a tough spot for what... I, I think he really did take the character notes and he ran with it to where I am a prisoner and, like, <laughs> on, the, on the scale of, like, you know, haunt things. There are the aggressors, there are the... Prisoners, he took it more toward, like, the victim type. 100%. I am imprisoned. I am not having a fun time. And it's tough to get a scare in that position unless you understand that you don't have to snarl or shake a can at somebody or even look like you're pissed off to be able to get a scare and honestly, that's something I picked up in Fiesta because I had this little candle thingy that yeah. I walked around with. And the scare comes from that that sudden jolt of movement, that surprise factor when they're begging for, you know, something. For Please some help, help me. Yeah. Oh, my God. And then the movement coming out from the outside of your peripheral vision, that's what startles people. Yeah. And he did so well with that that it was it was amazing to watch. I was like, damn, you're doing it right. He kicked oh, ass. So and and I think honestly our whole cast kicked ass this year. And honestly, I think you being the king, Mark, set the bar too. I mean, uh, I wouldn't want anybody else being the king you were, in the you gauntlet. Were, you were a perfect match. He, for the that, perfect for that king role. for like the gauntlet. I knew that the most. I didn't know you before this season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I knew of you in other zones. Mm-hmm. But I knew that you were gonna like set that tone. The moment I seen you at the preview night, not the preview oh. night, but the, oh, yeah, the, the media, media thing. Yeah. As soon as I seen you at the media thing, and you're walking around. 
And just your presence and your demeanor, I was like, this is the fucking guy. Oh, thanks. I didn't, <laughs> fuck, I didn't even know what I was doing. The problem is trying not to slip into the clown thing either because that's super goddamn tough because yeah. that's the comfort zone for right. me. It is It's tough. easy to go out there and you laugh know, a couple times. Talk shit to people and laugh and yeah. I have to like reel myself back in. Yeah. But I think that's where... You know, that whole crafting of a character thing. I didn't want to do that whole owner bit again, and I think that's tough, too, because the owner very much, like I said, was, you know, running scams and, yeah. you know, making fun of people. Yeah. Okay, so what's the the king? And then, you know, how is that character different enough? Yeah. So that's where the whole, you know, I called Kemi on the Iron Fist, and I was the Velvet Glove. <laughs> I was like, all right, well, when I was the owner, I was pretty mean and aggressive and in your face. Okay, as the king character, I'm going to take this to Ego 9000, where I just feel like I am I am better than everybody <laughs> else. Even when you boo me. Yes, boo me, motherfuckers. I know you love me. Yes, the yes. king does not care about your boos. Absolutely. In fact, as far as he's concerned, they're cheering him on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's what's cool about that, is, is that you ran with it and you made it the way it should have been, and it was perfect. Thanks. I mean, honestly, you could play that thing a, a hundred different ways. I'm just... At the end of the day, you just hope that it resonated, I guess. Yeah. And, I mean, thank you. <laughs> oh, man, that's... If anything, there was going to be... I was going to be hard on myself about. It was definitely that particular character because I know how I would do a jester. And I'm actually kind of glad now at this point I didn't get cast as a jester because I know what I would do, and it's very similar to the whole clown thing right. anyway. Yeah. So this is familiar enough but also different it's enough different to kind of yeah. make that into its own thing. Right. I and guess. and that's the cool thing about that too, you know. Um Mark also, so I want to touch on the uh like the moments that guests would interact with you was it different on the guests that walked up to you like and you like what you wanted to say like, did you just feel like you knew what to say right away? Or did you kind of, like, did it just come to you, the things you wanted to say? I feel like I had an idea that whoever came up to me, yeah. I just assumed that they loved me. Especially, especially like, the, the uh, when you were on the stage and people were coming up and, and addressing their problems or whatever. Oh, yeah, okay. Stuff so like that, too. That is very much just straight-up improv. Yeah. All that bullshit that I set up there, no, no, I didn't have two <laughs> thoughts about that. It's just, all right, that's this is where we're going. All right, let's do this. Yep. Um, but I know that once people started coming around more... Yeah then I would have to start diving deeper into not just the old standbys. Because there are certain things that work for everybody, oh, yeah. right? Like, in in Ghost Town, Fog Alley is the ego reset point. <laughs> that is where you go when you are having a bad night and you're not really getting any scares. But yep. you go to Fog Alley for ten minutes, you pop out at some people, they start screaming, you feel better about yourself, and then you hop out of there and you go through the night. Um, it gets like that with character thing, quirks and things that you say as well. Yeah. Where 
you know, I know I feel comfortable saying these things, but also, fuck, you're hanging around me so much, I can't get away with saying the same line 20 times. All right, well, now I'm going to start going a little deeper into the rabbit hole and try to pull some more things out that are still in theme. Yeah. So, I mean, it, was it successful 100% of the time? I don't think so. But I also feel like with it kind of like Ross said, being a kind of like a pilot year, yeah. I feel like it was a good base. Yeah. And I know what the general demeanor of that character is now. So that way I can start thinking about... The next level stuff. Yeah, how am I going to respond to other things in the future Yeah, and also still kind of make it feel different enough to where, okay, well, it's an update, not necessarily just rehashing the same thing. Because like I yeah. said, you know, when you're... When you're repeating the same things too many times, for me, that's yeah. when I get bored. That's when I'm done. Yeah. But I still feel like there's a good uh, reservoir of just gags and character development that I can go into before being close to done with this. So one. you have, yeah, you have tons of ideas then uh, for the next level. Uh, oh yeah. Next yeah, year, yeah. right? Yep. Like a lot of stuff I mean, with the Shadow Knights. A lot of stuff with the clergy. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to interact with the the townsfolk more. And even the Snatchers, like, I just didn't have a lot of opportunity, even though Jolly kind of, like, we ended up running together at the oh, end yeah. of the night most times. Yeah. But we had a cool little interaction where Jolly was kind of like the guard dog. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, man, that ended up being really cool. So there's so much untapped ideas. I kind of feel like you need a uh, attack dog, some sort that's totally assigned to the king himself for sending out and destroying whoever it is, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and... the Snatchers have their cool thing with the wizard, uh -huh. which is awesome, but I think the king needs his his dog that he can send out. Absolutely. In fact, uh, Neil and I were kind of talking about that Yeah. Um, toward the end of the run because Neil was... He, they told me that, okay, I'm having not trouble, but trying to figure out, you know, what a prisoner is right. and what the role is in the grand scheme of this little, you know, thing that we got going on. Yeah. And they actually brought it up that they'd like to be, like, some sort of attack dog. And I'm like, you know what? That makes sense. As a prisoner, kind of just up there on stage, on all fours. <laughs> the whole or, night. Or, like, you know, like, perched. <laughs> yeah. And then you just send them off to it. Man, that's a good one. It, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's definitely another idea where it's like, man, that's more untapped potential. Yeah, exactly. A hundred percent. I think that there's so many ideas that we haven't even gotten to this first season like because it was the pilot year. Yeah, yeah. But coming into it to the second year of Gauntlet, like, I'm hoping for some of those new ideas to pop into play, you know, and... Yeah. Like, really make some new memories for that kind of stuff, you know? I mean... Oh, same. And yeah, I mean, especially because, like, you don't want, uh, you know, a character or a, a year to get boring, you know? So right. to make it crazy, it's good to have new ideas, new characters in there, uh -huh. you know? Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I feel like there's... Especially now that we know what the show is yeah and what the improv version 2.0 version of the show that we do is and how they're separate yeah i think that 
since we have more information going into next year, yeah, it's a little bit easier to get the guys and girls together and kind of come up with some more material right. that we didn't necessarily think of. Yeah, those two nights that we had rehearsal, <laughs> like, and that's uh, that's another thing where it speaks to the strength of the cast. Right. You know, I'm sitting around fucking around with the uh, uh, iPad as the track is going off. And all the sliders are going around, around, doing their own thing, coming yeah. up with their bits. To be able to come up with that good of a show, even with audio in place, to come up with that good of a show in that short amount of time, yeah. there's a reason that the Decade Kids practice for months out of the year, yeah. months before their show, because right. that is a hard thing to do. Even when we had the slideshows like, back in the day, we had them in all the zones. We even had it in Carnival for a little bit. Um, was it similar to the ones we had this past season in Gauntlet, or was it... It was more like that improv show. It was more, the it was improv. more like okay. the improv show, because we would jump people, we would do limbo, do the yep. tunnel. It just happened to be whatever theme was in each zone. Yeah. And that was the general theme of it. So, like, uh, Carnival used to have a magic show up there. Really? The first couple of years, when it was the Carnival theme... Yeah. Um... We had a sawed woman gag where there would be a magician, even though nobody was designated as the magician, they would have a yep. couple of clowns up there, yep. and they would pull either Angie or Irene, they were the original twins act, they would pull one of them up, drop them down into the, into the little box we had, it, they got sawed or they would disappear, the other twin would pop out somewhere right. else on stage. <laughs> and then we would have the slideshow, like, right after. That was cool as shit. Yep. That was a lot of fun. In fact, I think Reggie had the record for Boardwalk for the longest time. Mm. I don't remember how many bodies it is, but he will tell you it's one less than most people say because he clipped his toes on the last person. Oh, okay. So even though everybody yeah. else will say like nine or ten or whatever, he'll be like, no, 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 one less than that. I don't count that. <laughs> because he, he's like, if I cleared it, I cleared it. If I tap, it doesn't count. Yeah. So he'll always say he's, one he's less. A, but he's honest about yeah, it. Yeah, he was, man, he was a beast back when he was jumping everybody. Yeah. And it was always fun to watch the camp slideshows. Ghost Town was okay. It was, you know, kind of fun to watch. But I mean... Yeah, honestly, it was always camp. Always camp with the with Camp the show. had some good shows for yeah. sure. And even this year. So would you say that this year uh, that you were able to watch both shows? There was two shows, mm -hmm. two slider shows in this in the, in the gauntlet this year. Um, I know back in the day in Old Gauntlet, yeah. they only had the improv one. Yeah. Having two shows this year from watching it from the King side, did you have a favorite? Like, did you like one or the other better? Or was it kind of, like, just good and different vibe? Like, I and don't feel like I had a favorite. I kind of feel like, and this might be unpopular opinion because they might just like one or the other from the performer's <laughs> point of view. Yeah. But I feel like each one served a purpose. Yeah. Like, it, w it was cool to see a cohesive show that's pretty by the numbers. Yeah. With some little improv elements that we were able to add in there. Yeah. 
and it was nice to hear the audio backing track for it because my voice was fucking thrashed. <laughs> I mean, you time, spoke the whole night, oh my God, and you had the, those speeches after the the um, the march, march too. Yeah. So by the time we end up getting to that improv show, there was like at least two instances where I had to tell Kemi on. Hey, babe, <laughs> you got to talk tonight as I'm whispering to her. I don't have much of a voice. My voice is gone. You're going to have, have to do the show. And she's like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, man. And, uh, yeah, I, so I really like the fact that there was an audio backtrack to it. It reminded me of the hanging a little bit, but a little spookier because it's it's supposed to be more serious. Right. But also, when we got to the improv show, it's like, all right, motherfuckers, for everybody else standing out or standing around now that hung out till the middle of the night, boy, do we got some shit to show you. Now it's where the fucking it gloves come off. It's totally different show, and that's what was cool about that one is that it was a free flow. Yeah. We could have done whatever we wanted. Oh, you know, totally. they were good in different ways. The slider show for the first one was cool because. It had the music going. Mm -hmm. You had the background uh, noise. You had the background, mm -hmm. like, the uh, the voice, mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, going on. Uh, the voices going on, you know, of you guys speaking, the king, the queen. You had the, you know, uh, the wizard talking, you know, snatchers, yeah. jesters. See, I love such a good voice. Yeah. I, I heard him record that shit, and it was... Dude. I love and that they were using their own voices. Yeah, yeah. it was perfect. Was and did they ask you guys to record that before season? Like when did? No, they told no. us that night. That was when we at, went over for that rehearsal. That was rehearsal night. They told us that no night. No way. Yeah, for the oh, slider shit. show. Mm -hmm. When John was first going over, like all like the plans, mm -hmm. he was like, "Hey, I need to keep you guys to come record." Mm -hmm. Oh shit! So they literally just pulled us in, and we just recorded it. Wow. And the rest is all the editing at that point. Did they give you a script for that, too? They did give us a script. They give you a script, and you just had to go off that, but it was yeah. that night. Wow. Yeah, that was yeah, that was night. Quick. Everything happened that night. Damn. But I do... that's also why another reason why I was so impressed with everything, because yeah. everything kind of came together. It sounded amazing. I wish that there was more, more uh, buildup in the slider show as far as... First one? As far as the jesters and the snatchers, yeah, yeah, I feel like that was such like because do the whole thing and then they have one of the best entrances. Oh yeah, oh, you man. know they have you the have the wizard. So good. You have the wizard come out and he's like, he's like snatchers and you know they come out and they do their thing and they entertain the crowd and they get in everybody's uh -huh. face. And then, you know, and then jesters. And then everyone in the crowd's like, "Fuck, dude, this is gonna be a fucking battle." Yeah, yeah. I feel like. Even though the audio track is in place, I don't, honestly, I don't think it's going to end up changing much between this year and next year. I just, I don't know. Maybe that's me being pessimistic. I, it feels like once they get something, it's kind of consistent through. Yeah, right. But I feel like there's still some things we can do with the blocking, even though they gave us that basic setup of like, yeah. this is the order of the talent going in the show. Because Shadow Knights only really had that one part with the, you know, with the, uh, After the peasants, yeah. and then, you know, jesters have that one big part with the snatchers yep. and there wasn't really anything that happened before it, but there's so many spots where it's not like, it's not dead, but there's no 
audio cue as to who is out there at any particular time, yeah. we could probably block something to where they have another section. Yeah. And then they come out and then they have their big moment right when they get to the call out. Yeah. And I think that that's a nice thing that they did for us going into this year that we didn't really talk about is that I was afraid that my one fear going into it was that they were going to hold the reins really tightly like they did with Goring 20s, mm -hmm. which no shade to Goring 20s, just management want when management wanted and it was ran a certain way, did not really let people scare until, you know, a few weeks into the year, that initial year. And they've seemed to have found their flow since then, but they were holding them back really tight and didn't let them just develop their own show overall organically. So going into this season, I was like, all right, how strict are they going to be yeah. to the script? Yeah. But also having Josh and Pasta there, you know, reinforcing the ideas from camp come from camp. That's what I really loved. When we first started out and, and Josh and Pasta came over and they're like, aside from, you know, you guys having, I mean, Keegan and Paige were amazing. Oh, yeah. But when Josh and Pasta came over and they're like, you guys essentially run camp. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. the talent runs camp. Yeah. You know, you guys make your own decisions. It's all you make, up to you. You, you. you make your own traditions. You, mm -hmm. do, you, you do this. This is all part of history, you know. Mm -hmm. It's just repeating itself. And uh, at that point, I'm like, okay, this is going to be this is going to be good. And they stayed true to that the whole season. That's what I appreciated. That's what was great is they never once backstepped and said, you know what, guys, you're going a little bit too far. Yeah. You yeah. know, they let us really just take hold and run with it. They, and, we grabbed the reins and we took control over it, which yeah. was good. And being in a zone that had no decorations, really, yeah. and it, the zone relied on us, the yeah. talent. Absolutely. It, I feel for what we were given, this year it was knocked out of the park for what it was. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and having both of those shows were cool, too. I mean, having the second one, 100%. the fact that it was an old-school slider show, even though they gave us a fresh show, it was cool to have two of them because people can see both sides. Right. You know, you can see old school, but then you can see, like, the fresh, you know, the fresh blood or fresh totally. blood. Totally. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. That, I thought that was cool because they gave us that opportunity of doing both sides of it. Yes, and I'm hoping that next year, you know, hopefully people work hard enough in the off season to get this to happen, but being able to jump more than two people. Yeah. Because... I know we can do it. Oh, yeah. I also understand from working where I work all over the place, um, I understand safety's concerns. 100%. And right. it's weird because we're not technically stunt performers, but it might as well be a stunt show. Um, I'm hoping that maybe we can present something on the onset of next season and say, here, watch us do this thing. And then we jump like five people. And yeah. then they just sign it off right away. Right. And be like, okay, well, then no more than this. It's got, I feel like at this point, it's going to end up being stepping stones into where we want right. that show to go in the future. Yeah. It kind of sucked to have to stay at two people and yeah. not be able to do certain things. But also, I looked at it as more like, okay, well, this is our first 
step into doing the shows again. Right. So we're going to take whatever they give us, and we're going to say thank you. We're going to perform it. We'll try and maybe push the envelope a little bit, but we're not going to go so far that they say, you know what, never mind. Well, I think it really kind of set the tone as well at that final second show. Oh, yeah. Where, oh, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. five bodies were being jumped uh-huh. with no incidents. Yeah, no, I looked at it, I was cake, like, we're adding dude. more? Fuck it, let's do it. Yeah. Man, you know, if we, yeah. and we could have kept going, too. Oh, yeah. uh-huh. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, for fuck's sake, we could have had the king go over there and jump those five bodies. So, Absolutely. You know, it was too easy to where we right. could have had anybody jump as many people as we wanted. But, you know, with Pumpkin Smash being so important, mm-hmm. it was good that we cut it off for that important moment. Yeah, um, I, I feel like... I think five is a good number, year. too, to where it kind of shows, because there was management there. Yeah. I think it kind of shows them, okay, they did five, mm-hmm. and they did it mm-hmm. easily. We did it fine. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's... The thing to remember is that they're not going to remember that next year, so that's why I think it's super important yeah. to do it early. To do it early and say, yeah. it, it, even when we go into, like, orientation, like, tell them off the bat, yeah. hey, we want to try for this many... This year, right. can somebody from safety show up and watch us so they understand that we are professionals, we're safe, been practicing in the off-season, we have a vision, yep. please let us run with it. I think it's a little bit easier to do that now than, like, at the beginning of this season where they're right. like, well, we don't know any of you. Yeah. And next year we're going to be like, well, you saw the show. We, yeah. want, we want 10. We yeah. want to do <laughs> as many as we can, and I think that goes the same way with ideas for you as well. Like, maybe next year it's like, I don't want to just do one chicken. I want to do two chickens. No, right? <laughs> <laughs> you I know? feel like we should get those, those turkey legs. We can't afford it. You're the only one with a job. Yeah, that's true. We're broke. Can't We're... support 60 people on a black <laughs> <laughs> We're a broke zone. It's it's hey. sad. The gauntlet. I know we could tell by the by the throne. <laughs> <laughs> this show's already right. Hey, yeah. you know. The moment I walked in, I seen that throne. I was like, oh, okay. We're we're budget royals. We're gonna. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's something that I'm looking to push next year for you, though, and for all of us is like a bigger throne for the king. He deserves a bigger throne. And two chickens. And, and two, two chickens. chickens. <laughs> hey, you know what? We already make the turkey legs there. Why not supply them? That was Come supposed to now. be one of the nights. Just but one one night one a week. It, that's all we need. That was one of the ideas that we never got to. We never even came back to the chicken after the first. I night. know. But you know, know what? To be continued yeah. for the next time for sure. Definitely. But so. Yeah. So, Mark, uh, I'm guessing that means you're wanting to come back 100%. Yeah. Yeah, that's what that means. I just wanted – I think at a certain point during the season, I, I said to myself, I just want to do well enough to be invited back because I had so much fun with it that it, it feels like a fun character for me. So I hope everybody else is having fun with that, too. 100%. Yeah. I, I'm in for that. I would vote for you out of anybody else in, in knots. Yeah. 100%. So you can you tear that, that tray. Eat a dick. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't vote for him. <laughs> Alrighty. So, well, Mark, we thank you for stopping by. Yes, sir. And uh, telling us that, I mean, you have... A ton of stories, and I feel like that's just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. But uh, we'll make sure to revisit this again, and we look forward to oh, totally, seeing man. This you. This is so much fun. Seeing you running rogue in, in camp again. Yeah. <laughs>
Hell yeah. Long live, uh, long live the Hellshire. Long live the Hellshire. <laughs> long live the King. Awesome, Mark. Thank you so much. Oh yeah, dude. Oh shit. All right. Well, here's our podcast because we're uh, all in the same zone. Fired up. Fired up. Fired up. <laughs>